Welcome back, everybody. Episode 47. This is Danielle Lehman. Uh, I reached out to her. She does a podcast called Open Belly, and it's one of my favorite podcasts, and especially one of my local favorite podcasts. Um, she talks to basically immigrant families that have opened up restaurants here in Kansas City, and season one just finished. And it's a phenomenal season. Every episode is, it's like an NPR quality episode. And they're like 30 to 45 minutes long. So like perfect, like the perfect length for uh, the kind of podcast that it is. It's really good. It's touching. She's a professional. She's amazing. And like my new favorite thing is like having other podcasters on the podcast. It's just, it's a lot of, it's just, it's cool. Um. So any of you uh, local Kansas City podcasters out there, hit me up, NeanderTalkPod on Instagram, NeanderTalkPodcast at Gmail. Uh, if you're a local podcaster, let's talk. Uh, I'm open to having all kinds of people on and supporting uh, the passion that we all have together, right? So hit me up. And everybody else out there, you guys are going to love this episode. Uh I would highly suggest go find it. You can find it on wherever you're listening to this, obviously. If you found this, you can find hers. It's called Open Belly. And this was a blast. This was a great, I think it was a great episode. Uh, that's just, again, my opinion. Man, that's just like your opinion, man. I love the Big Lebowski. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to ramble on. You guys are going to like this one. I liked it. Oh, I was going to do another quote there. <laughs> All right. Enough shenanigans. Episode 47, Danielle Lehman with Open Belly Podcast. Open Belly meets Neanderthal. Welcome to the Inner Talk Podcast. We'll know topics is off limits. Now here's your host, my daddy, and Void of Soul. Thank you for coming to the podcast. Boom, Yeah, you know the funny thing. He's so you have a two and a half year old. Uh, yeah. My little guy is five and a half, mm-hmm. and he, I, it's it's so fun. Like two and a half. Use two and a half. Oh, my daughter's two and a half. Yeah. That's such a fun age. What's you start really seeing the personality come out. When's her birthday? August 25th. Okay, so he's a little bit younger. He's December 6th, so he's not quite two and a half, okay. but he, yeah, he's a lot right now. <laughs> That's such a fun age, though. It is fun. I love... Is he a talker? He, Yeah, he talks a lot, mm-hmm. and so he's really funny, and he yeah. cracks jokes with us all the time, but he just really started doing the whole whining thing, Ooh. like, I want to watch TV. Oh, like, gosh. Oh, you got to knock it off. I can't, <laughs> I can't deal with that. I know. I know. <laughs> I've my so she, you know a girl two and a half and she's a girl. Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, you don't even. It's so funny you don't even have to teach her to be a girl. She just likes putting on clothes, mm-hmm. likes putting on different shoes. Like you take her to buy shoes at the store and she grabs one, puts it in there, and doesn't want them and wants a different pair. And then yeah. like her name's Nora. I call her Nornado because mm-hmm. she's just she's like a little tornado, just rips, wrecks everything. It's it's absolutely <laughs> insane. But I was talking about my son. He's five and a half, and just yesterday, last night, out of the blue, he goes, 
Daddy, is there gravity underwater? Oh, my God. I was like, dude, <laughs> I don't. That's a really good question. I was like, let's Google it. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. I knew. I knew. There, I knew the answer. Yeah. Of course, there's gravity underwater. <laughs> right. I think so. I think so, too. What an amazing question. It yeah. just blew me out of the water that a five and a half year old. I mean, it's just so funny to see kids, how their brains work. And if yeah. when they're like you. You're like, oh, that's definitely a quality of mine. That would have been a question, mm-hmm. my kind of question. It's just funny to see that transfer to your own kids. Yeah. That's a really cool experience. Mm-hmm. No one can prepare you for. <laughs> no matter how hard they try. Yeah. Danielle Lehman. Yes. Thank you Hello. so much for being here. <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. This is insane. You're a professional. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are. You are such a pro. It's insane. I've got so much I want to talk to you about. Okay. <laughs> You're making me blush already. Really? It's yeah. Okay. Oh, where, where do I even begin? Um, so I've been doing this podcast for roughly a year. Yeah. You're the professional. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't listened to my show then. <laughs> okay. First of all, I'm really impressed by the entire setup here. Really? Um, I record in a space in the West Bottoms and they've been amazing to work with um but it's not completely soundproof so if you listen really closely to a lot of our episodes you can hear trains going by or like people walking around upstairs and so all of our episodes are so tightly edited because i'm like how do i cut out this real there oh my god there was this moment oh i know they're edited they're definitely edited oh yeah but there was this moment in this podcast where the guest got really emotional and it was going to be like the peak and then there was this pause because she was kind of getting emotional and trying to catch her breath and you hear a train go by like right in the middle i'm like oh no one will ever hear that <laughs> it's i'm for the most part the train i do so i moved here two months ago and it was like i had to hurry up and find somewhere mm-hmm. my first place got ripped underneath my feet mm-hmm. and i had like two weeks to find something and i found this place i walked in and i was like this place will work great where do i sign the papers yeah I move in and you know what? About maybe a hundred yards as a train track right there. (laughs) But for the most part, it's been really good. It hasn't either happened when it's been on the podcast or it has these mics are pretty good and they don't pick it up. Yeah. Of course, I did have the Kansas City media guys in and the unprofessional I am. I said, hey, bring one of your own mics because I only have two mics. Mm -hmm. And so they brought their really fancy, nice mic. These look fancy. No, these are good. No, these yeah. are actually good. Okay. His was just better. Yeah. And I had to have the gains turned up, whatever technical stuff. Yeah. And I heard that. And I even mentioned it on the podcast when the train comes by. I go, well, that's the first time that train's ever been on the podcast. <laughs> and then one of the other guys, Kyle, was go, he, he heard it and he was like, sounds like an F5 tornado out there. It's like, yeah. Way to mention that, you professional. You're supposed to ignore it. Let it keep going. Yeah. Just got to roll with it. Uh, but yeah, I really appreciate you saying that. I've worked pretty hard on the studio here. Yeah. The West Bottoms, you don't, yeah, I've been, I'm so curious about your podcast, about yeah. how you do it. <laughs> what do you want to know? Everything. Everything. Okay. Where do I want to start? First of all, hmm, there's so many places to start. First of all, I tell everybody that you're going to win the best podcast in Kansas City for the Pitch Awards. No, you are. <laughs> That's your goal. I don't want to steal that from you. I, I've just mentioned it a couple times. A couple times. <laughs> yeah, that's my goal. Yeah. But you know what? I'm not going to win. This pod, this podcasting 
for the voters. <laughs> like you, you, your podcast is going to be in soccer moms. Like they're going to be driving. They can they can listen with their kids in the car. They're going to the soccer games and school and whatever, and they listen and it's really good and it's professional. Your your podcast is like an NPR podcast. That's Aww, what I tell people. I you. go, it's like very, it's like an NP, like you could put that on NPR and you would not know the difference. Thank you. That means a lot. That's what you're going for, isn't it? Um. So for me, because the content of our podcast is focusing on highlighting businesses. Oh, let's that, uh, let's tell people what your podcast. Yeah. I, we just he got skipped into over that. We talked about everything. I'm just like, uh, all right. Danielle Lehman has a podcast called Open Belly. Mm-hmm. And I've been listening since the beginning. And uh, tell people about your podcast. Yeah. So Open Belly is a podcast that explores Kansas City's um, vibrant and diverse food culture. That's kind of our tagline. Um, we interview immigrant chefs around Kansas City about their food, their lives, their culture. And a lot of the restaurants that we highlight, um, because they're undiscovered or they might be in a strip mall where um, you would drive past and wouldn't think to stop, or it's a type of cuisine people are really unfamiliar with or might be intimidated to try. For me, just having a highly professional quality podcast and really high quality photography was so important because we weren't highlighting, we weren't necessarily influence, uh, you know, interviewing influencers who have a huge following that people are just going to tune in because they already love that person and know that person. Mm-hmm. Um, this was our opportunity to really highlight them, and I wanted to do it justice. Um, I'm also kind of a perfectionist, but yeah. um, I really, you know, my background's in marketing. I really wanted to take the skills that I've learned along my career and apply that to help these restaurants out. And some of them are doing great already. They don't need my help, but yeah. um, it was just important for me to do their story justice I guess not to say that you can't do that on a low budget but I think for me it was just really important to try to do the best that I could with the resources that I had so there it is it's called open belly it's on where can people find it other than iTunes yes we're on iTunes Spotify Google Play um, and a few others and you can also stream it on our website at openbellypodcast.com yeah yep okay there we go everybody that's our podcast (laughs) Now back to the business that I want at hand. How, golly, it's, okay, so it's so professional. It's NPR-like, heavily edited. Mm -hmm. It's got to be a pain. It is. It's a lot of work. And we did 10 episodes for season one because that was about all that I could handle. Um, I tried to get them all produced before we started releasing them, and that didn't happen. Okay. So I was editing the finale literally three days before it came out. So it's a lot of work, but I also really want to take the time to help people tell their stories in Mm -hmm. the way that they intended to. Um, A lot of the people that we interview, English is their second language too. So we need to edit sometimes to kind of cut out something they might say that I know that's not what they intended and then they might restate it in a different way. And so just to help move the story along, I feel like it really needed a lot of editing. And plus I edit out most of the stupid things that i say that so. makes that makes sense i mean and it's a usually 30 minutes long yeah about 30 40 depending yeah yeah okay so gonna, let me think about what else <laughs> i i found out about it and your podcast before it started you were on he say she yeah. say the hump yes is that hump. what it's called yes okay i love those guys okay i the he say she say they've I, they always like my stuff on mm-hmm. Instagram, so they're big supporters in that yeah. way. I don't know if they listen, but it's cool to see that. So I do the same in return. I like to support as many local people as possible, mm-hmm. like especially podcasters. I'm 
that's like one of the big reasons I wanted you here is because I feel like as not just a podcaster, but a Kansas City podcaster, we're in like this little fraternity. Like yeah. we're in a club and I guess some people are more competitive. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned that I'm going after the best <laughs> podcast. That is, I am, yeah, of course. Okay. And we all have goals. But I'm not like a dick about it. I'm not being like going to rip someone's throat out. Like, I'm, I'm going to do this. This is me. Screw everybody else. I want us all to come together yeah. and just build the whole podcast community up in Kansas City. For sure. I think there's so much we can all learn from each other and take from each other. And if we just all build each other up, you know, the tide rises all ships. Mm-hmm. If we can all collectively, no matter how different, I just say how we do, all different are. I only say that because I know I'm the... <laughs> I'm the outsider for a big part when it comes to a lot of the Kansas City podcasts, it seems. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to weasel myself in with you guys, with the cool kids. Oh, stop. It's true. <laughs> I'm the unprofessional just slopping away in here. Let me in, guys. I want to join this club. No, I think it's true, though. I think for me, I don't. I work with a lot of other influencers or podcasters in the area, and I think we can all help build up the community, and I don't see it as a competitive thing at all. It's for me... Kansas City's been so welcoming to me. I just moved here three and a half years ago. Um, And so for me, everybody's been so welcoming of me. And I want to use whatever resources I have to help support the community as well. So I love that about you. I think that's cool. Yeah, thanks. I love Kansas City's done that to me. Mm -hmm. I'm not from Kansas City either. Where'd you grow up? I was born and raised in Michigan Mm -hmm. and then turned military brat Mm -hmm. and then lived in South Dakota for a little bit. Oh, I love South Dakota. Mm-hmm. What a gem. And then Louisiana for a little bit. Another, I love Louisiana. You want to talk about food? Oh, I miss the yeah. food in Louisiana so much. And then my senior year of high school, I moved to Leavenworth, Kansas. Mm-hmm. How was that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm editing myself. I'm censoring myself with you. Why? Because you've got, you know, your professional podcast. Your people might be listening to this. I don't want to. I hope people are hurt their ears. Your people. Well, I think the th- interesting thing about Open Belly is that it's yes, it's a tightly edited podcast, but we try to get to kind of. I just didn't want to say fuck Leavenworth. Uh, <laughs> there we go. That was, that was me censoring right, myself. Well yeah. What did I, you hate about it? Uh, the people. <laughs> yeah. Mainly the people. Yeah, mainly people. It's like this small town. It's a small town, but they think they're. Johnson County, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. There's yeah. that Johnson County mentality. I don't know if you're from John. You, 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 you're here for three and a half years, so I can we can talk shit on Johnson County. I can. You can just nod your head there while I do. And so they have this mentality like they're just better than everybody else. Yeah. And I was like, you guys are really just a bunch of. You're not. But they just I don't know. It was just this whole mentality of this town, and I just didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's the that's the edited, clean, quick version. Yeah, okay. I just I wasn't a big fan of Leavenworth. Yeah, but it was my senior year. So being so the double, you know, I try to look at the positive sides of everything. So as negative as that part was, the positive part was I hated Leavenworth so much. Even when I was there, if I was going on like a school dance or a date, I would take my dates to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Kansas City is cool. I'd go to the wrestling, you know, I'd do WWF would be in town. I'd yeah. go there. I'd go to the Kansas City Blades games. Just, I loved Kansas City. And so when, when I graduated, uh, I had a buddy. I was like, hey, let's move to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Boom. We moved to the hood and Wyandotte. 
and then yeah I've just been Casey ever since so are you a lifer here you think you'll go to one of the other places that you've loved I my dream is to go to Idaho I've, really mm -hmm, I, I think Idaho would just be nope nobody thinks about Idaho mm -hmm. and I like to bow hunt and I like to fish and I like the outdoors and Idaho's a gem and so when I hunt I don't hunt on private land I'm not that special I always hunt on public land where mm -hmm. everybody else does and there's public land in Idaho where you can go basically from central Idaho all the way into Canada, all on public land. Wow. None of it's private. That's all hunting, and it's great hunting. Giant elk, bears, grizzly, moose, deer. I mean, just, and then the fishing, and the and it's just beautiful. Yeah. You got mountains. You got the giant rivers that cutting through the It's just, a, it's just heaven. It's paradise. Mm -hmm. It really is. And people don't ever think about it because it's. It's Idaho. Who yeah. thinks about Idaho? There's some everyone thinks about Montana or Colorado. I want those little places that nobody else is thinking about. Yeah, I think Idaho is one of the hottest growing real estate markets though. I'm not even joking. Like Boise, I think people are moving there and it's on the uprise, so yeah. you better better, better hurry get up. in there. Yeah. Kay. But it, okay, so would you if you could just if you didn't have to pay any bills, would you just like live in a tent in the middle of the woods forever like that'd be your dream? I have kids. Assuming you could still see your kids or they could come camping with you. Maybe not. No, not camping. <laughs> uh, maybe like a log cabin type. Okay. Like, Glam a, like Glamping. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, a little even nicer than that. Probably. <laughs> no, like no, not nicer, but more structured. Like yeah. like a, I watch these things. I, I don't do cable. I watch YouTube. Mm -hmm. And there's like these really good shows of like this guy will build a whole cabin out of primitive tools basically uses nothing and lives in it mm -hmm. like it's and it's you would pay a lot of money to live in this log cabin mm -hmm. and so i think something like that but i'm not i'm a man when it comes to a lot of things <laughs> but then i'm not at all when it comes to like i wouldn't know the first thing about building a log cabin well you can just get like a kit home They'll drop it off on a trailer and I, just move yeah, in, I'd, tell everyone you built it. I'd have it. to have a real man build <laughs> it for me and then I could just slide on in. But yeah, I mean, that would be pretty romantic. I don't know. I But I love the city too. Mm -hmm. I love going to the crossroads. Mm -hmm. I love grinders. I love pizza from the grinders. Mm -hmm. There's this new place that opened up down there. The Mule Distillery? Yeah. Missouri Mule? Mean Mule. Mean Mule Distillery. Mm -hmm. I want to check that place out. I haven't been there yet either. I met the owner... Um, and I've been seeing all the photos on Instagram and yeah. really want to go, but I haven't. Yeah, yeah, me too. And then thanks to your recommendation, a parlor. Yeah, I, I saw just, you went to the parlor. I just checked that out. Ooh, that place is really cool. Okay, I need a rundown of everything you ate. Oh, I didn't eat much. I walked and drank and drank. I ate. So I was with a friend and so we sat and it was happy hour and we had whiskey whiskey old fa old fashioned mm -hmm. i've never had an old fashioned before really yeah i used to be a bartender too uh -huh. so anyway i was like yeah give me an old fashioned so i had a couple of those and we just you know you walk around and if you give me a menu that's not even that big i'm still going to take forever like i just i love food i love all kinds of food there's nothing i don't eat and so it takes me forever to figure out narrow it down mm -hmm. and so when you throw seven restaurants at me yeah it's a lot yeah, so we walked around a whole bunch. It was like, start, and then you start, all right, I don't want that. Okay, I don't feel that tonight. 
I ended up getting the fish and chips from Volhaus. Vilthaus. Vilthaus. Yeah. That was probably a good choice because I read on Instagram today that they're closing. So you got there before they did. They're closing? I thought it was a different... Yeah, I think so. Um, I thought it was that. Is it an, another Norwegian place? Skull? Skull uh, so, um, so. The ones you talked to. Crookstrom Club. It's the same owners. Oh. And I'm going to take this moment here to hype up Crookstrom because they are one of my favorite restaurants in Kansas City and they've really been struggling. Um, they have another season. location other than Parlor? So, well, they or, have a standalone restaurant um, called Crookstrom Club that's in Midtown on Broadway. Where at on Broadway? Um, I know. 30-something. Right. I don't know. Google it later. I used to live down there. I was just <laughs> curious. Yeah. Um, they do Scandinavian restaurant, but that's more of like a full-service restaurant with a bar. I think they have happy hour every Thursday from 4 to close, so that'd be a good time to go. Um, but they've been so vulnerable and open about how tough the restaurant business is, mm-hmm. and they posted something even just a couple days ago saying like... Just yesterday, I think. Yeah, I think yesterday. You're right. Um you know, saying, we don't know if we're going to make it to tomorrow. So uh-huh. please come support us if you love our restaurant. So I love them. Um, I did see in the comments there that they were talking about closing Vildhaus. So I'm not sure what's going on there. But I wish them the best. I think they're lovely people and the food is amazing and the drinks are great. So you got to go there next. I, yeah, the fish and chips were out of this world. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't think. Yeah. Oh, it's just fish and chips. You can get that from whatever, Culver's or something. Mm-hmm. And it, it, we, me and uh, the person I was with, we both, both got, both got it. I was like, yo, you get that and I'll eat some. And then I'm getting, I don't know, whatever. We both got it and we're, we're in love. Mm-hmm. And I asked, I was like, I wanted to know what the ingredient was that made it that flavor. I thought it was maybe Tony's. Uh-huh. I was like, it tastes a little bit like Tony's. And I was like, she's like, oh, just go ask him. I was like, oh, they're not going to tell us. It's probably proprietary. Mm-hmm. It's like, just ask. I was like, nah. So I didn't ask. She comes back and she goes, it's old Bay. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah she just asked like, oh yeah it's just old bay it's like old oh bay. i'm gonna go get that yeah but i mean so much more than just spice yeah to make something good for sure for sure i think it's the quality of the ingredients that they use is great but it's really hard to fry a piece of fish perfectly you know it is so it is if you think you about it experience. yeah it was yeah. awesome um i can't wait to go back my parents are going to come visit and uh my dad's norwegian Oh, cool. So hopefully they'll still be there. I know. But if not, still Parlor will be there. Yeah. So Sarah Eats, Kiang was on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, they're my favorite in Parlor. So I would say go there next. The rice cakes. I Yeah. I almost I almost got them just because of the podcast. Yeah. I want the, the bibimbap. Yeah. The bibimbap's great, but the rice cakes are where it's at. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people know about them. They're so spicy and just texturally they're really interesting because they're a rice cake but then they're deep fried so they kind of have a little crunch on the outside and they're soft on the inside with a spicy sauce all of it and you get spicy pork on top and it's oh i think you could even get a fried egg on top if you sweet talk them so that's my go-to oh that sounds good see as uh a midwest white dude when i think <laughs> of rice cakes i think yeah. of those dried out uh bland yeah. you know what i mean like the styrofoam Quaker. yeah they're like the styrofoam no. they're like, like mm. eating styrofoam these are more like but the buttered popcorn ones are really good yeah they're, <laughs> they're not really good all right i am overselling it but the buttered popcorn rice cakes from quaker are edible they're at edi- they're probably the best of the bunch yeah yeah 
Uh, no, these rice cakes are different. I don't exactly know how they're made, but so the traditional Korean dish is actually a fish cake. So it's this rice cake, which is kind of soft. I guess it's probably Kyung's going to kill me because I don't really know. But if I had to guess, I think it's super um, soft cooked rice that's like almost mashed together. That that's kind of the consistency of it. And then um, it's like cut up and then deep fried. Mm-hmm. Normally, it's cooked in fish stock. So that's why I remember. Fish I heard, yeah. But yeah. But these, he said that w- he said most people around here probably wouldn't enjoy the fish. I don't think flavor. they have like a fishy taste at all. But it was more, I think, yeah, people get weirded out by the just even calling it a fish cake, I suppose. But they just didn't even have the space for yeah. an extra pot of fish stock. So it's just a rice cake, but it's delicious. All right. Uh, yeah, I had another guest in here recently. She said the kimchi pancakes. Mm-hmm are really good too and she doesn't even like kimchi yeah they don't have a really strong fermented flavor either so if you're on the fence about kimchi you'd probably still like the pancakes i just think everything there is so good and they're they've introduced some new dishes too that i haven't tried yet but i love kyung's food is that your favorite spot in parlor restaurant is that yeah yeah i mean there there's they're all so good good. you can't yeah i mean i love providence pizza too but oh yeah that look that was that was a hard no I was like, that was a hard one to say no to. That was, I looked at that. I was like, oh, that looks so good. Yeah. I've been to their original location and I thought it was some of the best pizza I've had in Kansas City. But I guess when I go in the parlor, I'm kind of in the mood for a little more exploration. Yeah. And so I never end up getting the pizza there, but it is amazing. My son always gets it. Grinders is right down the street too. Yeah. They're really good. That's a tough, I like grinders. Mm -hmm. I guess I need to try that other place out though. Yeah. I want to try them all. My favorite pizza is honestly Domino's Thin Crust. <laughs> really? Yeah. I just, I worked at Domino's a few months ago f- for a while. Uh-huh. And. So I don't want to know anything bad. No. Okay, I'm, I was surprisingly, sur- surprisingly surprised. Is that a mm-hmm. thing? Yeah. Can you say that? Sure. I'm it's saying your podcast. It. it is. I can say whatever I want. <laughs> Fuck Leavenworth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I was surprised at like how good Domino's actually really is. It's so good. Their New York one, the Bronx or whatever, whatever uh-huh. New York style one. Oh, that was yeah. Domino's is legit do as you, far as yeah. Do you know who Dave Chang is? No. So he's a Korean chef. He's pretty famous, and he has restaurants in New York and L.A. and actually a few internationally as well. Um, and he used to have this magazine called Lucky Peach, which was like a foodie mag. And I remember one time on their Twitter account, they were talking about who has the best, um, you know, pizza delivery, national chain. Uh And they had all these chefs vote. And Domino's Thin Crust was like the overwhelming winner. It's so good. And I felt so validated in that moment. (laughs) Like, yes, I know this is not like, quote unquote, really good food. But Domino's Thin Crust is where it's at. It's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I liked it, and I got free. I got free pizza, and I usually made pastas when I was there. Mm-hmm. I would just make my own, just get a handful of this and a handful of that. I should try that next time. Do it. They got some good <laughs> ones. Put whatever you want in there. It's really good. I can't believe I'm here promoting my podcast and talking about Domino's, but it's. I got to be real with you. you Please, know? that's what this. My that's what my pleasure. podcast is. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm just here to have a good time and hang out. <laughs> I have no agenda. If you have an agenda. Well, I just mean, I've got a lot of great 
friends in town who are cooking really amazing food. They probably and they're be like, cringing. "What the hell are you yeah. talking about, Domino's? Yeah, and exactly. not talking about my stuff." Yeah, <laughs> I got it. Doesn't mean your guys' stuff isn't good. We just, you know, we're fanboying out on Domino's for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. Let's not leave. Pick one person to talk about right now, then. Just one out of all of them. So leave everyone else in the dust and just pick one special person to talk about right now. Person or food? Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I think my favorite dish on the podcast is the seasig from Casey Pinoy in the West Bottoms. Have you been there? Mm-mm. Oh, do you like pork? <laughs> okay. Just Love. Kidding. That's my... Yeah, I, pork might be my favorite animal to eat. Okay. Do you like like vinegar, like a sour? Oh, yeah. Okay, so you're going to be all about this dish. So okay. Seasig, it comes out on a sizzling hot like fajita skillet, and it's chopped up pork shoulder and pig ear, actually, Ooh. which gives it kind of like a crunchier mm-hmm. texture. It's diced up, and then it's in the skillet with vinegar, hot peppers. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know what else. And then there's a, they crack an egg on top, but the skillet's still sizzling, you know, so you kind of mix up the egg and it cooks it. And then it's served with garlic rice. And it's, it's so good. I mean, it's really meant to serve, I think, two people, but I've definitely eaten the whole thing myself. (laughs) That's funny. It's crunchy, spicy, sour, just all of the flavors that you would want. I got to write that down. Yeah. You got to get there. I got my thing right here. <laughs> this is my uh, manifesto. Yeah. I don't know. My pen's not in here. I have to use a. Something like this. My Bitcoin passwords. Perfect. There's jokes that I've written. Oh, I want to hear. Let's go. Uh, go back to the joke page. Yeah. Uh, Are they safe <laughs> for work? Safe for work? <laughs> this podcast isn't safe for work. It's safe for <laughs> podcast listeners. <laughs> These aren't actually jokes. These were uh, joke ideas. Oh, okay. That I've, even better. I've written. Let's develop it together. Oh, I don't. Okay. <laughs> sure, let's do it. I, this is. I've never told any of this stuff. About, this is just for me in my head to write down one day. Uh-huh. And here's what I wrote. First thing is being a single dad in all. <laughs> I'm going to skip that part. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> oh, now I'm blushing. Hold on. Uh. Being a single dad and also being a fella. Uh, I use my, okay, so I use my phone mainly for pics and videos of my kids. Mm-hmm. Tons of them, obviously. You're a mom, you know how yep. it is. But from, <laughs> this is, I've never, I haven't written this, I haven't read this since I've written it. Okay. So it's even catching me off guard. Yeah. But from time to time, I sexed. And I receive the filthiest pics and videos. So it's like two extremes of purity and yeah. filth. Yeah. I'll be scrolling, look at, looking at pics of my sweet little kids, and boom! The fat ass is bent over. Oh, boy. Or worse. Mm-hmm. When I revisit the sex pics... <laughs> when I'm looking through the sex pics... And I'm scrolling through, and then boom! There's a pic of my picture of my sweet little two and a half year old. Yeah, that's. <laughs> you should set up some folders. Yeah, well, that's. Uh, oh, I should folders on, on my. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you're right. I should. I didn't think about that. How <laughs> clearly. 
So yeah, that was my stuff on uh, thinking there could be some kind of stuff to make into some jokes out of that. Yeah, there's probably a joke in there or two. There is. Yeah. Did I make you uncomfortable? If my grandma listens to this, she's going to disown me. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's not <laughs> you. It's me. It's me. I'm the crazy one. Who are these people you've been uh, hanging around? Dan? And then I have like different uh, notes in here from guests telling me who I should get. Mm-hmm. Do you name Keith Class. Ooh, oh shoot Lucinda Marshall mm-hmm. Sean Hunt Here's my schedule I'm booked through Wow That's not too far June 2nd or so I gotta get June filled out Where are we going? Where, where, how, how good podcasting is this? Me flipping through a freaking <laughs> Alright, now the Melting C-Sig. Giraffe Looked up Jacob Melting Giraffe Get him hooked up with local Oh yeah, you wanna do a photo shoot with a local photography artist? Sure. There it is. I'm going to set you up with him, too. Okay. Set up with open belly. All right. Now, what was the name of this place in the in the bottoms? It's called Casey Pinoy. It's a Filipino restaurant. The owner's name is Chrissy Newcomb, and she's hysterical, so make sure you ask for her. Oh, ask for her? Oh, yeah. What's her name? Chrissy. Just ask for Chrissy? I mean, she's always there. Ask for Chrissy. Um, and the C Sig is what you have to get, for sure. But I, they're they're a C Sig. It's um S I S I G. But right? yeah, yeah, that's close. When I read it, I'm gonna pronounce C Sig. <laughs> yeah, you got that's it. all that matters. Yeah, that's spelling right. is just one of the most overrated things in the history of the English language, any language. You should just draw in pictures. <laughs> well, they did that in Egypt, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, she's great. I love her restaurant. Um, I think she 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 started as a food truck and Ooh, I love those stories. Yeah, she actually um, I forget what her career was before, but she worked on the East Coast in a cubicle, like doing finance or something like that. Was miserable. Um, she ended up moving to Kansas City and was watching one of those food truck reality shows. Oh one yeah, night. food truck she, race or something. Like yeah. That, yeah, and she was like, oh, I could do this, and she starts googling to like kind of see what she needs to do this. And then she just kind of decided on a whim to open a food truck and she started cooking recipes that her grandmother had taught her in the Philippines. And I think she, at that point in time, she was probably the only Filipino or the only place you could get Filipino food in Kansas City. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so she did that for a few years, was pretty successful. And then she just opened her first brick and mortar in the West Bottoms just last, just the past few months, really. Oh, wow. Yeah, and the food is amazing. I love her spot. It's really kind of a cool little funky area. Um, you can, there's a couple of bars right there. So like Lucky Boys, Voltaire, Campground, um, Stockyards Brewing. So it's a good spot to go for dinner, and then you can kind of hop around and have a couple drinks. Boy, as a Kansas Cityan, I really need to get down to the West Bottoms. I haven't been there since, actually, like I mentioned earlier, the Kansas City Blades mm-hmm. back at Kemper Arena. Yeah. That's way before your time. Mm-hmm. That would have been... Boy, last time I was down there, when was the, I think when Owen Hart died at the wrestling. Yeah. Jeez. <clears throat> almost 20 years ago. I didn't get back down there. Yeah. You I know, when I'm back, back down, back then it was like nothing. It was just, yeah. I don't know if that's still like that now. There are little pockets. <clears throat> yeah. And that's what I love about that block. It's, it's a really cool little block that there's enough to go do and make a night out of it for sure. And that's where you're, and you record your podcast down there? 
Yeah. So sometimes, but sometimes you go on location too, right? Sometimes I do. Yeah. Um, but mostly I'll have people come in the studio. It's in the West Bottoms in an old warehouse there. Um, the studio space I use is called Barrel of the Bottoms, and it's these guys. Oh, I've heard. I just heard of that like a week ago. Yeah, these guys do um, stand-up comedy improv shows there, but they also have a little recording studio that they use for their own podcast, and then they rent it out uh, by the hour. I've heard about that. You can get a monthly membership, so it's cool. Yeah, it's been I've, great. Yeah, I rent this out by the hour too. Cool. I got a couple people, but yeah, nothing like that. I think they have a whole bunch of people. They're actually doing it as a business. I just yeah. If anybody wants to, I'll rent it to them. Yeah. Just have to hit me up. Neandertalkpodcast at Gmail. We'll <laughs> plug there. Um, okay. And how does that work? Is it just one spot and then you guys have to like come up with different schedules on who's going to do it? Like, cause there's how many podcasts record out of there? Um, I don't know how many, but they just have like a shared calendar. You That's can go cool. reserve it. It's pretty simple. Huh. Where do you live? Brookside. Okay. So it's not too bad of a drive for no. you. What made you do this? What made you start this podcast? I mean, you said you want to just help people out, but I mean, was that the main goal? Like, hey, one day you woke up and said, hey, I want to help out local restaurants. I'm going to do this. Or <laughs> like, what was kind of the genesis behind all of this? Do you want the long version or the short version? How much time? I've got all day. <laughs> I podcast on Sunday and I got no other schedule. I'm here all day. I don't know what you got going on. Cool. <laughs> Um, so I've always been a big Bourdain fan. Nice. Yeah. That was a tough one. Yeah. I was really heartbroken that day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, there's a lot I could say about that, but so I grew up in Hutchinson, Kansas. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know that. Um, when I turned 18, I left and went to LA and I lived in LA for about 13 years. And when I moved like in Hutch like it was how do you go from Hutchinson to LA what did you want to what because you wanted to get the hell out of Hutchinson right yeah I yes and I I always wanted to go into tv or film or something along those lines so I felt like I needed to get to LA and study that um girl from a small town in Kansas (laughs) with a dream going to LA yeah and I when I got there people were so like oh get in line everybody wants to work in film film I can't even say it, so maybe not qualified. Film and television. Film and television. Um, And so I just was like, you know what? Maybe I'm not cut out for this. Like, there's, it's too competitive. Maybe I should find something else and pick a safe career. And um, I ended up working in marketing and tech. And and I built a good career and I enjoyed it. I met a lot of really great people, but my heart was never really 100% in it. Because I just felt lost. Like, I, I, I loved my jobs and I loved the people. I liked going to work every day, but I just felt a little lost. Like, what do what do I really want to do? Uh, I yeah. don't know. Some fulfillment um, or something. Yeah. And I really... So, growing up in Hutch, like, we had Applebee's. Like, we didn't even have a Chili's yet. We had an Applebee's. I worked at Red Lobster growing up. Like, we just had chains and fast food. Right. And no ethnic food, really. And... Um, when I moved to LA, you know, I was just kind of plopped into the city with so much diversity and so many different options. And actually I met my husband, I was 22 and our first date, he took me to the sushi restaurant and I think I had had sushi like twice before that. And so I was like, yeah, can I get like, I don't know, like a dragon, like, what do you get when you don't know anything about sushi? You get the thing with that's deep fried Uh with mayonnaise all over it. And he was like, oh, that's this isn't that kind of place oh, yeah. like 
um, the sushi chef is the owner and it's just him and if you go in and try to order a dragon roll like you'll basically get kicked out of there like, <laughs> they do like nigiri sashimi maybe he'll make you a spicy tuna roll if you act really pathetic so right um that was kind of my first foodie experience i feel like um and then my husband's really the one that kind of got me into just what feels like normal food to me now but at the time it was such it was kind of intimidating and scary to try to eat all these foods and then I remember a coworker of mine was like, you got to go to this Korean barbecue restaurant. I'm like, I've never had Korean food. Like, I don't know what that is. And (laughs) do I have to cook the food? Like, what if I undercook it? And I don't, you know. Right. And he's like, no, just go to this place, Genwa. Like, they'll take care of you. It's it's easy. Just show up and enjoy. And I remember the first time I went to this Korean barbecue restaurant, I was like, oh, my God. Intimidated? No. Okay. Well, the place that we would go, they, so they had the tabletop grills, but... You just sat there and watched them come by and cook it for right. you. Like you don't even have to do anything. There was so much food and it was amazing. Like it was that really opened my eyes to what food was all about. And um, I remember at the time. So I got into Bourdain at that time and watching that show. And um, there was a food writer in L.A. Uh, his name was Jonathan Gold. And he wrote for the L.A. Times and he got his start Um he wanted to be a food writer, and so he went on this kind of unassuming street, Pico Boulevard, which is a busy street, but not really what you think of as a foodie destination. Mm-hmm. And he just started going restaurant to restaurant. Every day on his lunch break, he would go, and he would write about each restaurant. Okay. And none of them were, like, popular places. And he really became kind of the champion for these small little mom-and-pop, hole-in-the-wall ethnic restaurants throughout town. And he ended up becoming a really well-respected food writer but he wasn't just writing about the white tablecloth kind of places around town he was writing about the food for the people you know yeah and I loved him so much I respected him so much so I would kind of follow both of them and just whatever they recommended like I, I remember going to New York for the first time and I was like where's Bourdain been around here and I ended up in this little Japanese restaurant in the basement what a good way to do it if you're gonna go visit somewhere where did Bourdain go yeah but although later I was informed that that place has been wrecked since he went there because it used to be like a really hidden gem with a lot of locals and now it's a tourist trap but I didn't know any different it was great right you know you're a tourist uh yeah exactly um so when I moved to Kansas City I had learned about all these different types of food that I loved and it's like we would eat Thai food once a week we'd go to Korean barbecue once a week we ate sushi all the time. Um, Bon mi's was like my go-to lunch mm-hmm. item. And we moved here and I'm like, okay, there's what now? barbecue. And I got some mean barbecue. We though. have some amazing barbecue. <laughs> like LA has shit barbecue yeah. for the record. Um, yeah, it's not good. So I was excited about that. And there's some great restaurants here, but right. I, I just kind of felt like a lot of it was the same. And a lot of people weren't talking about some of the other types of cuisine that was still I guess kind of new for people in Kansas City and then I remember Bourdain died and I was really sad about that and I thought I need to make more of an effort to explore Kansas City and just kind of find those places that I know are here but no one's talking about and then Jonathan Gold died like a month later after Bourdain. oh wow yeah so it was like a kind of a one how'd he go he had pancreatic cancer yeah and I remember that's a bad one yeah it was awful and 
I remember the day that he died, I was so depressed and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try a new restaurant kind of in honor of him. It sounds sure. kind of cheesy, but no, I was I like, you it. know what? I just need to like go somewhere and kind of clear my head because right. I'm really bummed. And I ended up stumbling into Fanny's West African Cuisine oh, nice. on 31st and Troost. And it was a Saturday night at like 7 o'clock. I ordered some takeout. I sat there at the bar and talked to the owners for a while while they were making the food. And I was the only person in the restaurant uh, on a Saturday night at 7 o'clock for half an hour. And got the food home. And of course I was like, well, they weren't very busy. I like, I hope this is going to be right. good. Low I don't expectations, know what to right. And it was amazing. It was some of the best food I'd had in Kansas City, and I just couldn't figure out What'd why. What'd you get? So the peanut butter soup <laughs> is incredible. It's actually called, I think, groundnut soup is what's the actual direct translation, but nobody really knows what that is. So she calls it peanut butter soup, but it's it's kind of like a curry. So it's peanut butter, tomato, onion, peppers, and then you get whatever meat that you want in it. Okay. And you can get it, um, I guess you could get it with rice, but what they eat with is called fufu. And it's made out of cassava plant or yams, um, or I think you can make it out of potato as well. And it's this like bun kind of that's sort of soft and squishy and you tear off a piece and kind of dip it okay. in the soup. Oh, nice. But that peanut butter soup, it's super spicy. They use habanero in it Ooh, and yeah. it's amazing. And then they have this um, jollof rice, which is a lot of Caribbean flavors. So you can get it with roasted chicken and then it's rice with tomatoes and peppers and onions and i guess i kind of expected the flavors to feel really weird or unfamiliar to me but they're really familiar flavors it's a lot of spices that we use in food and if people have had any sort of latin american food it's pretty similar so i just couldn't figure out why there wasn't a line out the door around the street for this food because it was incredible Uh they're lovely people they had a really interesting story and you know since i have a background in marketing i was like man i wonder if i could like Help her with Instagram marketing. By the way, she has like 30,000 Instagram followers just from posting pictures of her food. Wow. And a lot of them aren't local. So wow, it's not like she doesn't know how to use Instagram. They have a website. They have online ordering. Like they have all the pieces. I think the fact that they're on Troost is yeah, kind that's of going a tough, against them. Yeah, that's a tough location. But the actual location of the restaurant is really cute. Um, it's a cute little area. It's, it feels like a white people hear the word truce. And yeah, like, I know. Am, am, I, am I allowed to go down there? Are we allowed to go in that? Re- is that for <laughs> us? Can we go there at nighttime? Like people, you know, I get it. Um, you know, it's to me, it feels more like a, a neighborhood, a community, especially that part of truce. Mm-hmm. And I feel very safe going there. Um, I like going there because I feel like they're not trying to be something that they're not. Like they're just cooking really good food in a community mm-hmm. and not trying to be like the hottest restaurant in the crossroads of 2019. You know, who's that? I don't know. Mission Taco. It's <laughs> 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 your words, not mine. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's I, I thought, like, what can I do to somehow use the skills and resources that I have as a marketer to try to help tell their story. And when I talked to them at the bar that night, I just fell in love with them. Um, Fanny's husband talks a lot about community. Like growing up in Nigeria, they would come out of their home every morning and they'd say to their neighbors, you know, how's your morning? How are you feeling? Have you eaten? And if you haven't eaten, like you come into their house and they feed you. Yeah. And it's just this sense of community. And the word he used a lot was togetherness. And 
that's what they're trying to use the restaurant to do is to build community and to help people turn around their day like if you're having a bad day go into fannies and i guarantee you'll leave smiling you know and i think that's so cool because a lot of restaurants don't really care about that they're just there to make money and pay the bills and that's like, fine I like get that. mission taco i don't know what <laughs> i don't know them <laughs> don't just but you know salsa guacamole you know it's great um but they're they're really you know it's a family run business their kids are there running around oh, all the time cool. and i just felt like their story needed to be heard and I'd never done anything around podcasting before or radio I had no idea how to produce a podcast but I just felt like people needed to hear their voices and hear the story and not just see a picture on Instagram like right. every other restaurant so it's kind of where the idea came from and I was really intimidated to try to do it but I just started taking steps and then it was like I'm thinking about doing a podcast I am going to do a podcast I'm doing a podcast and then eventually it was just done and I'm like well I guess I'm doing a podcast now so it's incredible I, I love it yeah and you just wrapped up season one we did yep when will season two start so we're um we're doing pre-production now um I'll have you already done a whole bunch of interviews not yet we're doing a lot of research i okay. don't think we'll do another season in kansas city oh because my dream has always been so number one i don't want this to be like danielle's top 10 list of the hottest coolest restaurants in kansas city that's not what this is about this is about right inspiring people to get out and find their own favorite spots and to build connections and have a conversation and feel comfortable exploring some restaurant down the street right. that I don't even know about, you know? So I don't think as, even though there are a ton of restaurants in Kansas city that we could still explore, like that's not really the point. And I would love okay. to bring open belly to other cities who have similar, you know, culture, I guess. Milwaukee and or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and just encourage and inspire people to get out into those neighborhoods. Oh, cool. And then I think also I would love to educate people about different types of food. So, for example, um, somebody asked me recently if we had any Turkish restaurants here in Kansas City, and I couldn't find any. There may be some, but I couldn't mm -hmm. turn up any. There's a Turkish food festival, but I know there's actually a pretty decent Turkish population here. Oh, really? And if we could educate people Where about... Where at? I don't know around yeah i didn't know if there was like a certain area you know there's certain areas yeah, certain sure. pockets that have certain groups um there might be i don't yeah. know um i just met with someone from the dialogue institute that runs the turkish food festival that they do once a month and they have a different family cook for it every month oh, cool. so i know there's you know decent right. amount of people here um and i think it'd be cool to have a turkish restaurant but there's probably not a huge demand for it because people don't know a lot about turkish food yet yeah and so I think it'd be cool if, even for people in Kansas City to go to somewhere like Milwaukee and find different cuisines that we don't have here. It might inspire someone in Kansas City to say, you know what, I've always wanted to cook my food for people here. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's an opportunity now to do that. Or so. at least a food truck or something. Yeah, totally. I mean, that seems to kind of be the way a lot of these people start out. Mm -hmm. I love a good food truck. Me too. There's this good one. I think they still do it. Oh, no, I can't remember the name. Blue. Something is blue. Gosh darn it. Rhythm, it ah, doesn't even matter. Sorry, guys. I was going to shout you out. Just put it in the show notes. I'm so bad at that. <laughs> this is all I know how to do is podcast. Like, I, I don't know how to grow it. I don't know the marketing. The show notes are leave. I always leave something to be desired with those. <laughs> I really need to step that game up. And it was really, it really, I was like, holy cow. When you first dropped your podcast, like I said, I heard it before. I, 
I was following it before you let your first episode and you had already had a whole bunch of reviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was already had a big, I don't know. It seems like it's a really big podcast and it happened to be really big immediately. How did that happen? Like how did, cause you're a marketer. It's making sense now. Does yeah. that have something to do like, yeah, I mean, I was strategic about it. I'd say so. Um, we definitely, so we had already recorded all 10 of the episodes. So we had relationships with 10 restaurants already around town. And so they were all really helpful in promoting it once we launched. Okay. Um, I also built my kind of hype squad is what I called it of my friends and family that I knew would be supportive and even people in the community that I just knew that would enjoy the podcast. And then I asked them to listen i let actually i gave them a couple of episodes to listen to before i released it so that the day we released it they could all go review it Mm -hmm. and read it um and then we worked with a lot of local influencers um you know that have at least five ten thousand instagram followers to help promote the restaurants on the podcast in conjunction with like so they would they talk about a, a restaurant on the podcast but tag open belly Um, and then we also did kind of a media tour, I guess. I reached out to, to all of the local publications and said, what's a publication? What What do you mean? Um, so like feast magazine, uh, yeah. And so they, a lot of them did write ups right after we launched. So we had a nice little boost, but I will say, I think if I were just trying to launch Danielle's podcast, they probably wouldn't be like, yeah, I don't care. But because I was trying to use this as a platform to promote businesses in the area, mm-hmm. there was a little bit more of a story there. So right. everybody's been really supportive. And people that, you know, I asked to help one time have continued to help promote things that we're doing nice. on a regular basis just because they love what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's been really rewarding for me because it's it doesn't even feel like I'm asking someone to do me a favor. It's like if you like these restaurants and you want to continue to see restaurants like this, around Kansas City, it would be, here's one way that you can help, you know? Wow. So, yeah. So that's it. That's it. That's all. That's it. That's all you did. (laughs) Just hustle, hustle, hustle. Oh, and then have you seen our printed guide? No. Okay. I have some in the car. I'll get to you before I leave. But, um, so I worked with a local illustrator and he illustrated kind of a printed map on a newspaper of all the restaurants on the podcast we printed about 2,000 of them and dropped them at coffee shops all over Kansas City. Oh, cool. So people would find this guide of like 10, 10 restaurants they probably aren't familiar with. Maybe they've heard of one or two, but the other ones, for the most part, were new to them. Mm-hmm. And then they would follow the podcast to learn more about those restaurants. Wow. Too. So. I got so much to learn. You know, I don't know. You know, I do. <laughs> I got so much to learn. Um, I was speaking of, what was I going to say? You were Oh, yeah. You have... Um, a couple sponsors too. Mm-hmm, we do. Did you just go to them and say, "Hey, here's what I'm doing"? Kind of sponsor me. So the f- the sponsor that we had for season one is a company called Chow Now, right. and they're an online ordering solution. Yeah, can you for tell me? I've heard I've heard about that and like exactly. Can you kind of ex- tell us exactly what Chow Now is and how to use it? Yeah. So from a restaurant's perspective, if you want to offer online ordering. It's just another tool that you can use to plug into your website. And they also will give you a white labeled iPhone and Android app as well. So your loyal customers, when they're like, I'm really craving Casey Pinoy, they can go on, um, you know, CaseyPinoy.com and just hit the online ordering button and place an order. Um, They also have their own app that you can download or you can search their list of restaurants at 
I think it's eat.chownow.com and you can search for food in your neighborhood and it'll show you all the restaurants on their platforms. Oh, cool. So it's an online ordering solution, but what they do differently than like Grubhub or DoorDash is that, so those apps are more of marketing tools. So the difference is you're hungry. You don't really know what you're in the mood for. So you go on Grubhub just to see what will deliver to you. They're acquiring new customers for the restaurant. So they take a cut of every order. So if you're ordering through DoorDash, the restaurant usually is having to give up 20 to 30% oh, wow. of the fee or of the total order. Okay. Plus then Grubhub will add a fee for you, like a delivery fee or yeah. a convenience fee or whatever. And then you got a tip. And then you got a tip. Yeah. So it's not super profitable for the restaurants to use those. Okay. It's just a way for them to get new customers. I gotcha. But Chow Now offers just a flat monthly fee. It's like if you were to pay, like you need to have a website, you need to have a phone. It's just a tool. You just pay your monthly fee. And if you do $10,000 in online order, they still charge the same amount. Um, it doesn't It doesn't matter. So it can scale with your business. And they feel like it's a more fair way okay. to work with restaurants. So They deliver? They have delivery in some markets. Okay. They're working on delivery in Kansas City. And they're actually opening a office. They've opened an office here in Kansas City as well. So they're a local company that we should okay. be happy to support, I think. So the CEO started following me on Instagram one day. Wow. And I was like, <gasps> like, I try, you know, every time you get a new follower, it's like, oh, I wonder who this person is. I right, try, right. You know, and so I'm like, <clears throat> CEO of Chow Now. And I knew the company because I'd worked with restaurants before that I had put on their platform. Okay. Because I do web design and development for a lot of clients. So um, I reached out to him. I was like, hey, uh, Thanks for the follow. We should chat sometime and see if there's a way we can work together. He's like, immediately wrote back, I'm in Kansas City um, till tomorrow. Can you meet for coffee at 3 p.m. today? Oh, my. <laughs> so it's like, I drop uh, what I'm doing right yeah. now. Sure, no problem. Right. Like, maybe I should put on a decent outfit real quick. Right, and, like, yeah. Rush over there. <laughs> so we met for coffee, and he was like, you know, I really am interested in what you're doing with the podcast. We really like helping small, local restaurants. You know, maybe there's a way we can work together. And I told him, like, I don't I'm not really interested in getting sponsors for the podcast because I just don't want someone to come in and say, you know, you should really consider interviewing someone like Mission Taco. And I actually I eat at Mission Taco, so I'm not knocking it. But like, was, that's yeah, not just, what the podcast I, I've is never about. eaten there. I was going I, there's a story behind it. OK, well, at any rate, you know, it's like I don't that's not a good fit for what we're trying to do with a podcast. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want someone to come in and say, you should look at our customers right. and highlight all these people that aren't really a fit for your podcast. So I told him, like, I'm not really interested in a sponsorship, but maybe there's a way we can work together in the future. And he was like, listen, you already have recorded most of these interviews. There's not much I can really tell you that's going to change anything, but I'd love to support what you're doing. And it was just kind of a natural fit. And mm -hmm. so we ended up working with them for season one, which is really great. And now we're talking with them about season two and how we can continue to work with them. Um, another group that they connected with, connected us with is called New American Economy. So we just did an event with them at Parlor last week. They are... I know. I wanted to make it. I really wanted to go. It was so fun. It looked um, awesome. It was a really great event. I went the day after. The day yeah. after that is the day <laughs> I went, was able to get free to go. But mm -hmm. yeah. So they're headquartered in New York. They are a bipartisan research and advocacy group for immigration reform. So they've done a ton of research to show how immigration helps local economies, particularly immigrant entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. 
And so they were they were really interested in what we were doing with the podcast because we're highlighting all these immigrant right. entrepreneurs who are creating jobs for people in our city. Mm -hmm. um, so we have been working with them on a partnership and what that can look like in the future as well. So it's been cool because it's like, yeah, it'd be great if I could just call up like some of these companies that do a lot of podcast advertising, like Simply Safe. I hear them on everything. But like what does Simply Safe have to do with our story? Sure. Except for just just Giving throwing an ad unit in there, yeah. you know? And so for me, it's like if we're going to work with partners, especially at this stage where we don't have so many subscribers that we can go out and get real ad money, you know, what partners can we work with that care about what we're trying to do? And it's a mutually beneficial relationship, right. you know? You're dr living the dream. I'm trying. I mean. The I, podcast dream. <laughs> it's been cool. Like, I feel like what's been so rewarding about it is that I did this not for myself, mm -hmm. you know, and if I can find a way to make money doing it, um, that'd be wonderful. Right. But I just get a lot of joy out of helping the people that are on the podcast and trying to use, again, like the privilege and the resources that I have to to help the community. Yeah. That's why you're going to win the best podcast. Well, thank you. We'll see about that. Though. I think you will. I got I got it narrowed down. To, I, I know who the three I know who the three top three are going to be. Who's the other? It's going to be you as number one. But you're going to battle it. Oh, man. It's going to be a three-way battle. I don't know who's going to win. I think you're going to win. However, the thing that could hurt you is if you don't have a season two yeah, yeah. coming up when there's voting and stuff. Mm -hmm. So you might have to take third. Are you okay with that? I, you know, it's fine. Okay. Uh, Taco the Town? Yeah. Because he's got a little... He's killing it. Yeah. He's all over the place. He's constantly... Yeah. He's doing something. Mm -hmm. it's, a good it's a good podcast. Yeah. And... You should talk with Joel Nichols. Mm -hmm. Those are the, those are going to be the top three. Okay. Where does yours fall in? <laughs> I don't even think I get nominated. Oh, stop it. I don't even think I get nominated. To be honest. We'll see. We'll try. I'm going to try. Like I said, every now and then a hashtag campaign for best podcast in <laughs> KC. And that's my efforts. <laughs> Is that a highly searched pod, uh, hashtag? There's probably two or three of them and it's they're probably all mine. <laughs> Yeah, I have no SEO. Is that a thing? Is that a word? Uh, or is that a thing for that? Uh, no? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah. I just, like I said, I just have fun doing the podcast. Yeah. I'm so thrilled that you said yes, that you would do it. Yeah. I was like, holy cow. <laughs> holy cow. Someone legit's going to come over here. <laughs> really appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> so you're in pre-production for season two. What exactly does that mean? Um, so brainstorming or yeah, or you have ideas like research, um, thinking about the right fit for the city that we're going to pursue. And then also within those cities, who are the right people to talk to? Okay. Um, and then we're also just kind of working out funding and how we're going to pay for season two. Right. So I'm hoping in the next couple of weeks we can make an announcement about where we're going. I think we're getting pretty close. Oh, really? But there's still a lot in the air and up in the air. And I'm, I'm a pretty conservative person. Like I feel like until it's all a hundred percent finalized, I don't want to jinx anything. Sure. And I recognize that there's a lot of parties involved and a lot happening. Yeah. So, um, it's still TBD, but. I'm moving forward as if it's all happening. What are the cities that you're kicking around? Um, this won't be out for another couple more weeks. Okay. I, I, um, so, okay. There's been an interest in going to a city like New York because, really? yeah. And let, 
hear me out. Okay, I'll hear you. So my thought in the beginning was I'd love to go to smaller mid-market cities like Kansas City. Mm -hmm. But every time we go to a new city, we really have to start over and build our audience from scratch. Like if we, let's say we did St. Louis. I think a lot of people in Kansas City would be interested about restaurants in St. Louis because it's a three-hour drive. Yeah, people we visit, we visit St. Louis, yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, But at the same time, I think a lot of people would kind of fizzle out because they're like, eh, I, I might like look at the list of episodes and see if there's anything I'm interested in particularly, but I don't feel this connection to the city per se, you know? Okay. Um, a city like New York, we could grow the audience really rapidly and start to build a more national following. Yeah. And then we can actually start getting sponsors to, to pay for ad units at a fair market rate that's going to help cover our costs. So I'm kind of open to that for season two. And then for season three, maybe hit another smaller, smaller mid-market, market. you know, and kind of bounce back and forth. And I think the other thing I have to like check myself on a lot is that I guess in my mind, I'm like, well, people in New York already know about these types of cuisines. They're like going to these places. Like there's not this educational aspect, but I've talked to a lot of people who live in larger cities like that. And they're like, that's actually not true. There's actually like, there's this place in New York I found recently called Yemen Cafe and they're still pretty under the radar. A lot of people don't know what that cuisine is all about. And I think there's just an opportunity really anywhere in the United States to kind of educate people and then push people to get outside of their comfort zones a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I'm also curious to see how, like what the life journey has been like for immigrants in a city like Kansas City in the Midwest versus New York. Right. And okay. I think there's a lot to still be explored. And I think just because someone's in a big market like New York doesn't make their story any less interesting or less valuable. And I have to kind of check my own. Like when we were doing season one, I remember um, when I first found out about Kiang from Surrey Eats, someone was like, oh, you shouldn't talk to him. I'm like, that guy is too popular. Like, yeah. He's got a bunch of Instagram followers. Like, I don't, you know, and they're like, no, no, no. He's like a good guy. I'm like, nah. And there was another one. So Zaid from Pirate's Bone. That um, was your last one, right? Yeah, that was another episode where I was like, I don't want to talk to him because he's not cooking. He's from Mexico City, but he's not cooking Mexican food. I'm like, we need to like show Mexican restaurants. And somebody kind of called me out on it. It was like, why? Because he's from Mexico City. Does he have to cook Mexican food? (laughs) Why does Kiang, just because he's got a little bit of a following and figured out some marketing, like why is his story less valuable? So for me, it's like I kind of have this narrative that I was trying to craft in the beginning, but I have to kind of keep myself in check and say there are other stories here that I need to be open to hearing mm-hmm. and that we all should be open to hearing, you know. Right. You've had a so. lot of good stories. I mean, they're all, yeah, they're all amazing. And I love, I love the Instagram that goes along with it, mm-hmm. like the seven paint seven colored hills or what was that oh yeah uh that's a that's in peru yeah. i forget the oh. name of it it's that like montaña cool. de siete colores or something like that so um yeah it's she norma like wanted to create this tour for people <laughs> yeah know, that was her yeah. idea like if people are she really wants to inspire people to go to peru so I was like, well, where would you send them? And she got her light, her eyes just lit up and she was so excited to talk about these places. And then I was like, okay, that all sounds cool. And then I went and looked at photos of it. I'm like, what? Whoa. Like, where is, how have I never seen mm-hmm. any photos of this place? So it's been cool just to see the world through someone else's eyes. Right. You know? Yeah, it's really cool to see. Like, I have a, a good buddy from Ethiopia mm-hmm. 
and you know we all think of Ethiopia we all have our own perception of it and then when you actually listen to him tell you stories of growing up where he's from and then you know the great thing about like when I was listening to your podcast when she was talking about the the hills the, what is the seven colors hills or the something the mountain of seven colors I yeah that's what it's called like when that stuff happens the great thing about technology these days is I'm listening to your podcast on my phone and I hear that I'm like oh let me just check that out mm-hmm. so I pull I google google it up real quick it's like oh wow it's like the same thing with my uh, Ethiopian friend he'll tell me some different things about Addis Ababa or something mm-hmm. and it just happens like let me really just check this out and like and then you google it google image or watch videos and you're like oh wow it's so much different than your mind paints a picture your ignorant mind paints a picture yeah. of you know it's just it's really cool to talk to all these different cultures and it's and it's really cool to listen to listen to them mm-hmm. and cuz food brings everybody together i think so i mean it's really hard to hate someone if you've shared a meal with them, you know? And I feel like yeah. when you go in and are open to someone's food, you're kind of opening yourself up to their culture and a discussion about their life and kind of meeting them where they are instead of saying, like, you have to be here on my terms. And so I think food is a really powerful way to connect people. Um, for me, it's I've made a lot of friends just through food yeah. and it's something that you can share together and it's fun and it's not serious like it doesn't have to be a big political debate it's like do you like this food or not like let's try it. <laughs> oh yeah know? that's a wonderful thing you can take someone on the far right and the far left mm-hmm. and if they just put food in their mouth they'll be happy yeah yeah so i think it's a way to to bring people together and that's really what i wanted out of the podcast one was to kind of help these businesses that I believe in, but two was to use food as a way to connect people in our community. And I think it's really needed right now with what's going on in the world and even what's going on in our city. Like your comment about, you know, people being afraid to go to Troost. It's like, well, just come to this restaurant and maybe you'll see that Troost isn't actually that scary, you know, right. and that you're welcome there. And you can start to build bridges with people mm-hmm. at Fanny's, you know. I, so I've always lived in the, uh, lesser parts of town so that mm-hmm. i love that stuff i love i love the hood like yeah. i love there's the, there's an awesome jamaican place on troost mm-hmm. that has like the best jerk chicken you know what i'm talking about right and um yeah i try to tell my you know well i don't know friends that are wouldn't typically go down in that area like just come with me if mm-hmm. that's it i'll make you feel better like i'll take you and just I don't know why, but there's just some of those places where people are just, they have a bad, again, like we're saying, just to have that ignorance. They don't know what to expect and they just have a picture in their mind of what it's going to be like. Yeah. And so, yeah, I sometimes just take someone like just actually dragging someone to that place. And I think that's what your podcast is. It's just yeah. going to drag these people here. Like yeah. I want, I want to try all of them. Like I said, that's why I went to parlor. Uh, the other one I really, I want to try all of them, but the other one that I was really wanting to try is that Lebanese one. Queen sweets. Yeah. 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 Uh, their food is fantastic. I, I could smell that one through the podcast. I oh could just smell the food through that podcast. I might have to go there after this now that you're talking Let's about go. it. Let's um, go. But I was curious actually about the taqueria down the right street here? from here. Yeah. La Bonita? Yeah. I might check out La Bonita on the way home. It's good. He knows me. Yeah. I've, I've been here for less than three months. I think I've been in here for a little over two months. And like the first day I went up there, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just the gringo. Yeah. He'll never see me again. I'm in the next day. I, and now he's like, oh, hey, buddy, what's up? Today yeah. we have this and that. Like, it's really cool. to. I'm going to try everything on that menu. Yeah. 
It's good, and there's a, a place next to it that has weird hours called the Lunchbox. Okay. And they also do like a tamale truck. Like mm-hmm. you can see their little truck somewhere, and it's got tamales, but that's really good too. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a good little taqueria for sure, and it's you know cheap tacos like mm-hmm. anywhere else. There's so many places like that in Kansas City, and I think that's what I've tried to impress upon people is that again it's not like the top 10 restaurants like these are the best right i tried to pick places where i like to go but i really just tried to pick places that had an interesting story and that were willing to talk to me and to show the kind of diversity that we have in the city but really la bonita i'm sure has an incredible story and it sounds like they have really great food and that's what i hope people will do is just to kind of open their mind a little bit and say you know what i've always been curious about there's this place on truce actually not too far from my from where i live and um, I was talking to Jenny Vergara, who's the food editor at Feast Magazine, and we were eating lunch. Have you heard of Steak 'em Take 'em? Yeah. <clears throat> so, what is that? It's like a French dip kind of restaurant. There's one on Truce, but there's multiple around town. Yeah, I've heard of that. Do they do a Philly? Uh, yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, they have a hilarious video on Facebook and YouTube, I'm sure, that's like a commercial that they made okay. for Steak 'em Take 'em. You got to check that out. All right, I will. Um, but so we went to Steak'em Take'em and there's this place across the street called Finger Foods with a Z on the end. Ah, nice. And we're like, I wonder what Finger Foods is. Like, I've never heard anyone talk about that place. I don't know. And I looked it up later. I couldn't even find a website for them, but I finally found something on Facebook and they, it looks like they make an amazing burger and no one's talking about Finger Foods, but we're like, next time we should get together, we should, we should go to Finger Foods. And to me, that's, that's what like living in this city and America is all about is like you don't have to go to the same place every time and it doesn't need to be like the hippest place that everyone's talking about like just check out finger foods I always look at these restaurants like they're a professional Mm -hmm. they put their hard-earned money to buy the building and cook their food and serve it it has to be edible yeah it has to be I mean give it a try Mm -hmm. no matter what it looks like because you look at some of these especially Chinese places are just looking least around here maybe that's just independence but just run run down like oh should i go in there but then you go in there and inside's clean and nice they can't help what the exterior necessarily looks like Mm -hmm. as long as that kitchen produces some fire food i don't care but i think the other thing to think about is like would you rather eat at a restaurant that has a really good chef or a marketer running the restaurant you know yeah i want a chef i want want the guy that's putting some real love into it not some dude that's getting nine bucks an hour yeah and i think a lot of the places that I talk to, at least, um, they're family run and operated. They mm-hmm. never take a day off. They don't have time to do marketing. They're struggling to even post pictures on Instagram. Um, and yeah, like I'd rather eat somewhere that's putting all of their energy into the food and mm-hmm. just cooking their family's recipes versus, yeah, worrying about their Facebook page or their yeah. menu design or whatever. Kansas City's yeah. beautiful like that. Yeah. We have so, you're right, we have so many of those. You don't have to go to Chili's or Applebee's. Yeah. They got, let them serve those little Hutchinson, Kansas places. <laughs> Support the lo- the real locals. Yeah. The real, I, I, like I said, another reason why I go to that, that little place right on the corner here is, is because they are local. Yeah. Like, I see that same family in there. I, I, I sometimes like, geez, dude, you need to take a break. Mm-hmm. Like, go home, take a nap or something. Like, how are you doing this? And it's just nice that I know that my money is going directly back into the community. Yeah. Like, I mean, that is literally my neighbor. I mean, mm-hmm. I can, I walk there. It's 10 houses and I have, when I go running a lot, I run by it all the time. Yeah. It's awesome. 
And I love, I mean, I love talking to people. So for me, I think it's really cool when you can talk to the person who's making your food and yeah. it's their business and you get, to, you build that relationship with them and you feel good about, I'll tell you a story. Ooh. I probably shouldn't. Yes. I love this. it. Yes. Uh, I was at a restaurant recently. It was their opening night and I knew the bartender. She's a friend. And so I decided to go eat at this restaurant just to support her and say hi. Right. Um, there was this guy there who was, I've never seen someone so drunk in my life. I'm not exaggerating. There was a <laughs> flower arrangement, like somebody had brought them flowers because it was their opening night. Sure. And he was, he had his face in this lily. Like the guy looked like he was on bath salts. Like he was <laughs> like in this flower and he knocked over the flower arrangement. He went back into the kitchen and was like, they kept escorting him out of the kitchen. Like he was hammered. And he started, I, I, I was trying just to mind my own business, but I'm sure he saw me kind of look at him like, oh, my God, what is happening? And he started yelling at me from across the bar. Oh, wow. Fun. Like cursing at me. And I was looking around. I'm like, this guy cannot be talking to me right now. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Is he? Yeah. Is he? <laughs> and he's like, no, you, you get the F over here, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what is happening? I don't I'm just trying to have my meal here and say hi to my friend. And this is insane. I later found out he owns a restaurant in town that's pretty successful. I won't say which one. Oh, so this is, uh, yeah, I didn't know if this was like, oh, wow, okay, keep going. And in that moment, I was like, why? I, everybody's allowed to get drunk occasionally and embarrass themselves, but yeah. uh, you don't like harass someone like that at a restaurant. And like, why would I want to give my money to someone like that when there are so <clears throat> many amazing, deserving people who really care about the community and care about their customers and are working their asses off mm -hmm. every day, never taking a day off to bring good food to the community. Like, why would I want to give my money to someone who's treating people like that? Right. And that was just one experience. And I hope that's Hold the on. only time you ever got that drunk. But what happened? So he called you over there? Did um, you go over there? No, of course not. Okay. So he's, he owns some restaurant. What was he so pissed off just because you looked at him or I, did he, or did you say? I didn't, I don't, I still don't know. I just tried to kind of mind my own business and oh. he was eventually escorted out of the restaurant. He came back a couple times. They kept escorting him out. And I don't know what happened after that. Um, wow. I was actually honestly afraid to walk to my car when I was leaving because I didn't know if he was still outside and he was a bigger guy. He's very angry and could have easily, you know, sure. Abducted me. I don't know what his goal was. Done something, some <laughs> something kind of damage, knock me out, something not fun. Least. Right. But it, I guess, yeah, there's, there's no like moral of the story except for that. I realized in that moment, like you don't always know who you're giving your money to. Right. And if you can find places and I'm not saying you have to always eat local, but like, if you can get to know the owners and you feel good about supporting them and mm -hmm. I feel better about spending my money that way. Yeah. It's, it's just me. Yeah. It's, huh. It's so, like I said, I hunt and there's something about eating the own, you're, an animal that you killed and butchered and did everything. There's, you get something extra. You can't explain it. It's just, it is. Mm -hmm. And I think you can kind of get, you can't get that exactly, but, you can get its cousin <laughs> by eating at a local restaurant and building like a local family owned restaurant, knowing that, Hey, I'm getting something a little extra. I'm, I gave them money. They're giving me their hard earned food that they love and their passion. And I give them the money and it's also, I'm supporting them. So you do get like this little extra oomph. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. 
You ever killed an animal and eaten it before? I have not. Yeah? I have not. <laughs> you should try. You interested? I don't think I can do it. No? No. Not even like a, a rabbit? <sighs> Squirrel? Um, Squirrel's delicious. Take a little 22 out there. Pop. I believe you. Um, no, I don't. I've actually considered becoming vegan before for that reason. Like, I can't think about it. Yeah. I can't think about it. It's too close. I'm an animal lover. Say goodbye to Seasig. Th- then that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> if right? she could make a vegetarian Seasig that tasted that good, you I can't, could probably do you it. You can't get rid of meat. Meat's just too delicious. Yeah. You know, we had a vegan restaurant on the podcast, Pirate's Bone. Yeah. And Saeed used to be a butcher. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He was a butcher, and he became vegan two years ago for, for that reason. Well, one, for the environmental aspects, but also because he loves animals, and he just couldn't, in his mind, like figure out, how do I love this animal that's running around and then eat it in a couple of hours, you know? If he wants to sit so, down for the podcast, and he I, would and be I will, a great guest. I will tell him why that makes sense to yeah. hunt and why you can love these animals and still hunt and eat them. I would love to hear an episode with the two of you because I feel like oh yeah, it would be fascinating. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'll set if, it up. If he'll come on my lonely podcast. You might be vegan by the time he leaves. Trust me. <laughs> that guy's going to have a pocket full of bacon when he leaves this place. <laughs> He's opening a new restaurant in the Crossroads. That's going to be the hottest restaurant of 2019. Okay. What's it called? Pirate's Bone Burgers. Ooh. Vegan and burgers? They're vegan bur- plant-based burgers. Do they call that uh, Impossible Burger? So Is that what they a, call that? That's a brand, I think. That's like an actual brand. Oh. I could be wrong, but um, his it'll be similar. Like He'll have multiple kinds of patties that are all plant-based. Huh. Um, and... Are, is, are they are they trying to taste like meat or is this like hey this is an eggplant burger it's supposed to taste like eggplant it's not supposed um, to taste like beef or whatever i i wouldn't say he's <laughs> trying to taste like meat per se but i think it's more of like he's just making really good food okay so that you don't think like oh, i really wish this was a burger i mean isn't that you the know? thing about the impossible burger is you can't yeah. tell that it's not beef yeah and i mean i think there's there's a place for that but i think it also is kind of limiting to a chef to say, like, try to make something taste like something else. Like, he's just making yeah. really delicious. No, that's I've food, got nothing you know? against vegan food. Mm-hmm. I yeah, love sure. I love vegetables. Yeah. Just like a steak next to it. Yeah. <laughs> I love I think vegans, vegetarian restaurants make amazing food. I'm not mm-hmm. against it. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that stuck with me about what he said is like if he can just get people to eat like even one day a week plant based and I think the problem with that is there's not a lot of great vegan options when you go out, you know? None that are really affordable. Yeah. And you know, it's so expensive to eat like that. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. And he's going to focus a lot on that. So, I mean, it's a burger counter kind of shop. It'll be on Main in the Crossroads. They just signed the lease on their space. Um, it'll be pretty casual, pretty affordable. Um, they're also going to be doing some work in the community. So... If you want to feed a homeless person in the crossroads, you can actually go buy like a coin for, oh, I think, cool. $8 and then they'll supplement the rest of it oh, dope. Um, so that you can give a coin to someone in the neighborhood. So I that's love it. like affordable, accessible for everybody and it's inclusive. And that's something he really cares about, too. So mm-hmm. I think I'm, I'll am i probably never become vegan. I love food too much. Sorry, Saeed. But I love that I could go somewhere and feel like I'm not missing out on something. Right. You know. And doing good, good for the neighborhood, too. 
All right. Well, let's set it up. Get him on my podcast. Yeah. Turn, him, into turn him into a hunter. I'll have him <laughs> hanging in a tree before long with a bow in his hand. <laughs> um, so New York was one of your spots you were kicking around. What were the couple of the other cities you're thinking? Maybe Chicago, since that's another yeah, big market. I think like Chicago and Houston. I mean, I lived in L.A. for 12 years, so that's always kind of an obvious choice because I know that community pretty well. Right. Um, I'm I'm really fascinated in some of these smaller cities like Grand Rapids, Michigan. Like what's I love going on Grand there? Rapids. You know, Grand Rapids is great. I've never been. It's great. My parents live there. Oh, really? It's called uh, Beer City. Mm-hmm. So if you're into beer like I am, mm-hmm. it's amazing. There's this place called uh, Brewery Vivant. OK. It's an old church mm-hmm. in the middle of like. The, it that town kind of Grand Rapids reminds me of the river market okay but bigger mm-hmm. and it's just this old like cathedral type looking church with the stained glass and they got like the old wooden pews and the bars up where the preacher would be mm-hmm. and they have amazing beer just sours saisons French styles yeah. it's just amazing and their food uh, my dad was like oh you got to get the duck nachos mm-hmm so they got, you know, okay, got to get the duck nachos. And they were phenomenal. And then they have truffle fries. Yum. Yeah, Grand Rapids is really cool. It's weird. It's really cool. And it's it's full of Dutch people. Mm-hmm. So it's just all these giant people. And it's so funny. I went to this. <laughs> it's just giant. Because I'm not a giant guy. I'm 5'11 or something. And he's got these 6'3", you know, Holland Dutch people mm-hmm. out there just... There's a place called Holland, Michigan. It's right by Grand Rapids. And I went in there to check out one of the bars and I wanted some food and I like hot wings. Mm-hmm. And so I go in there and I'm like, hey, give me the hot wings. I'm like, oh, okay, what flavor? I go, hot, give me the hottest ones you yeah. got. And she goes, she like almost whispered. She goes, okay, you have to know these are actually really hot. Are you going to be okay with that? I was like, yeah, give me the hot wings, please. Mm-hmm. I, they brought them out. It was like salt and pepper. Mm. barely any like hot sauce at all like it was like the mildest hot sauce you could imagine and i was like they're hot sauce yeah. like be careful are you sure these are really <laughs> hot so i'd be curious to know what their ethnic scene is like there outside of the tall white people because they can't yeah. handle spice it was really funny i'm really curious too so there's this organization called welcoming america and new american economy has collaborated with them before and so you can become a certified welcoming america city essentially okay where you have i think don't quote me on this but programming around um like entrepreneurship resources for immigrants and refugee resettlement assistance and things like that to show that you're welcoming to immigrants and refugees into your community Mm -hmm. and i think grand rapids is one of them that makes sense and so there are a few cities like that where i've seen they've been very proactive in trying to recruit immigrants to their city and there's probably a lot of really interesting restaurants opening as a result of that so I'd love to highlight cities like that that people wouldn't necessarily think of as a foodie destination, you know? Well, if you do, I will set you up with my parents. Oh, I'd love you that. You can stay in their big, beautiful house. Sweet. My dad has a f- freezer full of elk, moose, <laughs> deer, bear, you name it, and he will cook up. He's, I re- He really is like a, a five-star chef. Really? I mean, he's not, but he uh, he's a, an incredible chef. I mean, he's re- he was a retired colonel from the Air Force. That's cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, he would they would love to. Yeah. If if that's ever a city, I'll let you know. You let me know, and I'll then keep you in mind. they will make you some 
you can put them on the podcast about the amazing elk steak that you had mm-hmm. with fresh caught pike <laughs> on the side. I love that. Um, speaking of spicy foods, have you heard of the Pam special? I heard, yeah, I heard it on your podcast. You haven't I haven't had it yet. I, I need to. No, I haven't. You uh, need to go. I want to know if you can handle it. That's the Thai. Is it Thai? It's Northern Thai cuisine. Yeah. yeah. So the Pam special is, I think it's pork, um, ground pork with uh, like 20 to 25 Thai chilies per serving. And I've eaten, I've made my way through about a third of it. And it wasn't that I couldn't eat it anymore. It was just more of like, I'm going to regret Oh, yeah. eating anymore <laughs> so, i'm curious but my stepdad he's the guy that will go to buffalo wild wings and get the, the blazing the bla- whatever the top one is wild you know? or blazing i forget which it is i get those and he eats that for fun like it's not to be like funny right like he actually wants to eat that oh they're good yeah so and he's taken down a whole pam special and he didn't seem phased by it so i'm getting older <laughs> in my old age yeah I would still try it and go after it. I went, so speaking of grinders earlier, they have uh, death wings. Okay. And, uh, you know, they're just, they're super, super spicy. This dude was in there and he just starts getting up, walking around. Woo! Woo! (laughs) These aren't kidding. These are hot. Woo! He's walking all around. He's talking to these other tables. Have you had these death wings? Woo! He goes, I got to get some water. If anybody wants any of these, I've got five more I can't eat. I was like, come on, man. Are they are they really that bad? He goes, they're insane. He's like, do you normally eat hot food? He goes, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He goes, I crush hot food. I'm like, all right, right, I'll let me have one. So I grabbed one, and I was like, well, I better put it down and eat it after I eat my meal because yeah, I didn't right. want to ruin it. And so I grabbed it. I put it down, and then you know, I licked my fingers. I was like, oh. Oh, just licking my fingers. My tongue was on fire for 10 yeah. minutes. Do you wear contacts? No. <laughs> you can't eat stuff like that if you wear contacts. I've had I've made that mistake. I've had the, the wild wings, the blazing ones before. And I thought I washed my hands off and then I had something in my eye. Yeah. Ooh. And I was on, and that's driving home. And all right. of a sudden it just hits like, oh, you got to fly home. And I flew home and turned on the shower and just rinsed my eye under it. Mm-hmm. It was burning. Burn, it was so bad. Happened to my dog. I was eating, I like Tabasco on my popcorn, but you can't put the Tabasco all over the popcorn because then the popcorn gets soggy. Right. So, what you got to do is you got to be a maniac and you grab a little popcorn, then you dab it, then you eat it. While I was doing that, my dog comes underneath me and a drop of it, I don't have a dog here anymore. Mm-hmm. You look down and if you're looking for a dog. Uh, and then a drop of Tabasco right in her eyeball. Oh, no. Oh, I felt so bad. And that's when you lost her? No. No, no she's she's still alive. She's just okay. with uh, the ex-wife. Oh, okay. Sorry. She got the kids and the dog. I might get the kids still. She can have the dogs. Yeah. yeah. Dogs are a lot of work. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. I'm, yeah, I'm glad. I love. I loved them. I still love them. I just love not having them. Mm-hmm. Just a pain. It's hard when you have kids too, because they're just another child, basically. Mm-hmm. We have two dogs and a two-year-old. So, would you ever eat a dog? I no. Really? I don't think so. I couldn't. I would. Yeah. Okay. That's where I have to draw the line. Didn't know if maybe you'd do open belly season twelve in <laughs> Shanghai, and there's like this. You have to try the poodle here. It's like the best <laughs> dish in China. You'd be like, nope, I can't do it. Um, I 
So, okay. So I think, you know, a lot of times that that has, that (laughs) when people talk about eating dog, a lot of time it's because the times were so tough that that was the only option, you know? And so I think a lot of people kind of joke about it that that's like something that's eaten a lot. I don't think that it is. Um, you don't? I don't know. I don't know for sure. I think sure. there's some cultures it's eaten quite a bit. Yeah. I could, I, like, I don't know. Um, But yeah, for me. Maybe I, you're right. You're, it makes more sense, I guess. I don't know. But for me, yeah, I, I mean, I have pets. Like, I think I can't eat something that I've had as a pet. So. How about a horse? Could you eat horse? Uh, that's a controversial one. And it's around. You can eat. I think it's legal here in the states really? to eat it. In Canada, they do. I I feel like it falls into pet land for me. Yeah, it's a tricky one. Mm-hmm. What's the? Uh, but so people have like pigs as pets too. So. Yeah. I don't know. They're pretty smart. I don't like to think about it. I don't like to think about that. I know the really creepy one that I don't like thinking about are squid and octopus. Mm-hmm. They're crazy intelligent. I see this Crazy is why Crazy intelligent. I want you and Saeed to sit down cuz I can't wait to hear. Yeah. This whole conversation. All right. He'll start going into If he's receptive to it, I mean, yeah. I'll have I'll have him on. I'd love to. He'll talk to you about how the 15 seconds that you enjoyed, you know, biting into that pig, you know, it the per- the pig had to like sacrifice its life and it didn't want to die and like if you're eating while he's talking about this you're just like oh man I'm a horrible person <laughs> I can't wait I'm excited yeah, it's gonna be great on that note what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten on I mean not just open belly but just you're trying all these new different places out have you had anything the super weirdest um not really i mean i think that's like a such cockroaches a co- or anything i've or? never eaten anything like that um i don't even know if you can i'm sure there's somewhere in kansas city you could get that but I, so for me like one of the things with the podcast that i really wanted to emphasize is that i think so many people watch like Andrew Zimmern, Zimmern's like bizarre foods right. and they're like oh he's eating a cricket it's so disgusting da, da, da. and I didn't want to really focus on that aspect of exploring food. Yeah. Because for me, it was like to show people that we all eat pretty much the same stuff, you know, and there's not so many differences between cultures as people think. Like almost every culture eats rice, like some sort of something with rice, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think people are like, oh, I'm not afraid. This is one thing I noticed. Um, So Ethiopian food, a lot of people are afraid to eat ethiopian food because you don't use silverware and you right. like the ninjara little, yeah injara, whatever yeah you like tear a piece of the injera and like wrap it with the food and eat it and people are like oh i can't do that that's so weird like mm-hmm. why don't they use silverware but then they'll go to mission taco poor mission tacos just getting <laughs> blasted on this podcast but they'll go to mission taco they'll literally eat a taco a, a tortilla with meat inside with of hands. it with their hands with it falling all out and they'll still stuff it back in there or pick it yeah. yeah and that's not weird to them so i think it's just this matter of perception of like something that's new to you but i wanted to really show how a lot of the foods that we eat are very similar and right. that it's not so scary so i haven't focused on crickets or anything like that i don't feel like anything i've eaten has been really that weird i mean i guess the pig ear and the seasig would be weird for some people sure but you know, it's all food. It is all food. Mm. 
I'm so hungry. I didn't eat breakfast I this morning. I, I should have brought you guys <clears throat> something. That was my bad. <laughs> I don't ever expect anybody to bring me anything. <laughs> I'm just, I, I was so glad that you just, you showed up. Because mm-hmm. you never know. At least with a podcast like mine, I just hope. You, you have know. a lot of no-shows? <clears throat> no. But I just, I'm so worried that someone's not going to show up mm-hmm. because it's just like, maybe they changed their mind. Like, oh, I'm not going to go to this guy's studio and do a podcast. I don't feel like it today. Yeah. Because a lot of times I schedule them out. You know, I've you've been scheduled for Yeah, month, several weeks. Yeah. Something like that. So even just like I always, like the week before or a few days before, I'm like, hey, making sure you're still coming on. Yeah. It's just, I don't know if it's insecurity or what, but it's just. Because I have a lot writing, on, not a lot writing on it, mm-hmm. really, but it's just, you know, I have hopes and expectations that my guest shows up and right. is here. Right. So I can get this out every single week. For sure. Yeah. And you're doing it. Been doing it. Yeah. Going to keep doing it. It's hard. I mean, I think the consistency part is really hard, so that's something you should be really proud of. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I think that's the most important thing for, uh, if you want to say, content creators. Mm-hmm. It is consistency. Your people have to know. They have to trust you. Yeah. They have to trust, hey, Ryan's going to put out a new episode this Monday. Mm-hmm. Like if you start slipping here and there and then it backs up, yeah, people just lose lose focus. and like, oh, he's not consistent. Why am I going to show up? I don't know if it's new. I don't know. Right. Do you worry about that with uh, taking a break between the first and second season at all? I do. Um I think there will naturally be drop off and we'll have to kind of rebuild again. But Mm -hmm. I'm planning on still doing content, probably not podcast episodes, but, you know, keeping our social media really active in between seasons and keeping people engaged. We have some events coming up just to kind of keep people connected. Oh, nice. And I've I've also never wanted Open Belly to just be a podcast. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but for me, it was more of like a channel to communicate, but... Well, like your pictures on Instagram are incredible. It's not just, they look more than just an iPhone picture. They are. I have two photographers that I work with, Alyssa Bratis and Crystal, and they're amazing. They've been so, so, so generous with their time. Nice. Um, They're really passionate about what we're doing, and they have taken amazing photography. I get so excited every time I see a new batch of photos come back. Yeah. Sometimes we'll go into a place and I'm like, these are not going to turn out great. The overhead lighting is horrible. Like, we don't really have that many props to work with. I really want to do this restaurant justice. And Mm. then, like Queen Suites, they have this lamb dish. Mm. And it's incredible. Um, And I remember when I opened the photo that Chris took of this lamb dish, I was like, oh, the train. I'm supposed to ignore it. A professional would. I'm not professional. Good. Neither am I. That's why I pointed it out. <laughs> I am. Look, I should have warned you beforehand. I do live on the other side of the tracks. Here you are. Yep. Here I am. But you go down to Troost, so it's all. Yeah. Just My um. I I really like that that statement. It's close to my heart, I suppose. My mom, uh, we just like, well, let me finish the lamb dish and then I'll get into that. Please. Sorry. Lamb dish. Photo he took was amazing. It looks like it could have come out of like Farina or Crossroads Hotel or, you know, Novel, Rieger, wherever, you name it. Like this dish belongs on a menu at any of those restaurants. Mm-hmm. And the photo that Chris took, and it's not like he put some crazy Photoshop work to make it look better than it looks in real life, but he just 
gave it the respect that it deserved as a dish. And I love that dish. So I felt like it was important to work with photographers like that. It's incredible. Like your, yeah. your website or your, I, I haven't checked out your website, but the Instagram is, I love it. Thanks. Nice to see all those pictures. I think the website looks good. I mean, I do that for a living, so I hope it looks good. Um, I worked with a local illustrator, like I mentioned, Frank Norton. He works for Boulevard, um, doing okay. packaging design for them. Oh, and cool. he works with a lot of other brands around town, too. And in Springfield, he does a lot of work. Um, he's amazing. And he really added a lot of, um, I guess, vibrancy to the brand. Okay. And I love all the work he did. So you should check out the website because he's and the printed guide, too, that he did is amazing. So. I just felt like it was for me it was fun to work with people like that but mm -hmm. also i wanted people to get excited about what we we're doing and i think it was important to show that yeah yeah i just talked like <coughs> like i said i had the uh, can city people in here and they had a pretty big podcast themselves and they just quit just mm -hmm. boom we quit that's why i wanted them on was one of the reasons um but but in talking to them and then talking to you I just realized how much I have to learn about this whole podcast game. We all do. I don't have it, it figured out. It's. It seems like you've got it way more figured out than I do. I love it. I love it. I like. Like I haven't finished. I gave. I listened. I listened to all of your episodes. Thank you. I haven't finished the last one yet. I'm about 15 minutes in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead with uh, your train story or whatever. We. The so, train interrupted a yeah, that statement, like always, which statement, your on statement the, of, I live on the other side of the track. So, yeah. um, you know, my mom, she grew up in a trailer park and okay. my dad in Hutchinson, the city was really divided by the train tracks. He grew up on the South side of the tracks and my parents worked so hard. They both worked for the post office. They still work for the post office now. I work for the post office. Did you? I do. Oh, you do? I do. Wait, what do you do for them? I'm a rural carrier. Yeah. It's hard work, right? <laughs> yeah. They're lifers. I mean, my dad will retire. Actually, both of them will retire next year. Oh, nice. But they worked so hard to, and neither of them went to college. They worked so hard to give my sister and I a better life, you know, and to um, have enough money to move into an area with a good school district to mm -hmm. try to give us like every opportunity they could. And I saw how hard they worked and I'm not at all trying to compare my life, which was more privileged than a lot of people to like an immigrant's journey. Mm -hmm. But I see just, I guess I just relate to that kind of underdog story of like, you can make your life whatever you want it to be. And I'm not saying that it's easy, especially for people of color and immigrants that don't have a lot of the same privilege that I have as a white person, you know, but and I had an opportunity to go to college and all those things. But I don't know. I just feel like that part of the story really connects with me because I saw how hard my parents work. And I see how hard so many of the chefs and restaurant owners that I've met are working. And it reminds me a lot of the sacrifices that my parents made for right. us, you know. Um, so, yeah, that. Yeah. Life's all about sacrifices. If yeah. you want it to be if you want anything done that you want, you have to make sacrifices. Yeah. And you can say all the things you want you can say what you want all you will but if you're not going to work hard and actually do it yeah it's not going to happen you mm -hmm. just have to work hard and it sucks it's not easy no matter what you are yeah working for i didn't know you work for the post office that's crazy yeah mailman i love it yeah 
I loved it too until Amazon <laughs> took a crap all over us and yeah. said, here's all of our packages now. Yeah. And yeah, I'm not going to go on a post office bashing spree. I could do that, but. <clears throat> I've heard it all my life. I bet. What do they do? So my mom is a postmaster in McPherson, oh. Kansas. Okay. And my dad um, was a letter carrier for years, okay. and then he became, uh, what is it called? It's basically a postmaster, but of a smaller office, like the, the manager of that office, basically. And then um, he actually- Station manager or yes, something? Yes, yes, exactly. He left for a period of time, um, and now he just is starting again. Um, oh, and wow. So now he's going to be working on- more of like the mechanic side oh yeah so my dad that's the um, job to get he grew up um working on cars like he was a, a race car driver oh for cool many years yeah that they was probably do a lot of that stuff out there in those those towns yeah. like that yeah Hutchison. That w- i feel like i've been to hutchison before mm-hmm. i feel like i've hunted their birds or something probably he grew up so his dad always played um, soccer there maybe yeah, yeah. His dad was like the flag guy at the racetrack. Okay. So my dad like grew up going to the racetrack and that was all he ever wanted to be was a race car driver. And he did it for many years. And then he kind of, as he got older, gave it up. Um, he kind of picked it up again, but he's always just been really interested in cars. So I think he's very happy to not be out on a route, but just yeah, working on the vehicles. No, that's a good, that's, that's a job a lot of people go after. Mm-hmm. That seems like a good gig in the post office. There's a few sweet gigs to get. Yeah. Yeah, I've got uh, our janitor in our in my post office. It's, all he does is sleep. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I, I mean, he he shows up early, gets overtime, and you go back to in his office, and his legs are literally kicked up, his arms are behind his head, and he's got his radio on, and you're just like, "Ah, eh, what you guys up to today?" I think maybe I'll sweep here in a couple hours. Yeah. Government job, baby. It's the golden bowl, as Daryl from Waldo Tie called it. Yep. The golden bowl. Yep. But yeah, I mean, I think that, yeah, it's a hard job. It's funny that you mentioned the janitor because I feel like every office my parents have ever worked in, the janitor always had some funny, weird backstory or was like the the jokester of the office. And like that seems, I, we should do a podcast just interviewing janitors, janitors of the post of office. The post office. <laughs> How incredible would that be? I'm, I'm down. I've actually. What would we call it? Well, I've always wanted to do a podcast called The Uninfluencer and just interview just people. Like people that don't have any Instagram followers, people that don't necessarily you know they're what? not trying to hawk anything. I wanted know? to too and I and I did. It's called Neanderthal <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, just like people that don't they're just living life. Like right. there's something I think really admirable about that. Like you're just living life, like making the most of life. Like you're showing up to your work every day and just making the best of it and go home happy and i don't know i'm kind of jealous of that a little bit i think yeah yeah actually there was this this other guy i had on the podcast uh episode i don't know his name's curtis extreme adventurer d is the title of the episode and he's a postal uh, postal employee too Mm -hmm. he's a really interesting fella like just living life he's a real jack kerouac type fella Mm -hmm. like he basically lives in a van like a like a like those really nice sprinter type vans. Yeah, he's got it decked out. Got a bed in there. He's got a sink in there. Cool floors. Just a little tiny thing that he calls a garage, and he just lives out of that. And mm-hmm. he rock climbs and snowboards, wow. 
and just that's what he you know he's in really good shape he eats clean and healthy and he's basically says like hey i don't want to wait till i retire to do the things that i can do now with my body yeah he goes i want to go live life now and i just find people like that just inspiring and beautiful that the guy that is just like and I don't know if I'm going to be 70 years old or 60 years old, but I know I can do this stuff now. And so I'm going to take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Just real free spirited. I love that. I think I that connects with me so much because I feel like you don't know how much time you have on this planet. You know, why would you want to wait until what are you like? What are you waiting for? Like, I understand a lot of people don't have the means to travel the world, but you can travel in your you can explore your neighborhood like you can just go out and do whatever you like want. I said go There's to Idaho that, yeah go to Idaho. go to Idaho with a tent and get yeah. lost yes bring bear spray I might pick a different place but yeah <laughs> but yeah you don't have to go that far to have, have to an far. adventure of your life I mean that's the, for sure one of the beautiful things about America yeah you don't have to go very far I mean you got beaches and mountains mm-hmm. and everything in between Road trips are one of my favorite things to do. Like whenever we go on vacation, I really try to find like if we went. OK, so we did a, a vacation a couple of years ago where we did Vancouver, um, Portland and Seattle. I would love to do that. I love or I said them in the wrong order. We didn't. It's fine. Yeah, no, it was a logical road trip. Uh, but we stayed in the cities and like I love all three of those cities. They're yeah. amazing. But the highlights of the trip were so we were supposed to take the Amtrak between oh, cool. the cities. And um I screwed up. I'm such a type A person, so this is like one of those mistakes that <laughs> always sticks with me. It's yeah. like my husband was like, Hey, aren't we supposed to be going to the train station soon? I'm like, No, 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 our train doesn't leave for like three hours. Then like an hour later I'm like, Oh shit, our train <laughs> left thirty minutes ago. I don't know how I screwed it up, but there wasn't another train until that night or something. So I was like, I guess we'll have to rent a car and just drive. And I was freaking out because, you know, my vacation was ruined. Right. It didn't go as planned. That drive was the best part of the trip. Yeah. We just went down the coast. Like we found this little random road called Chuckanut Drive. It's like right on the coast there. We found this oyster farm just off the road. We like huh. stopped at this oyster farm and like Got shucked some raw some oysters. oysters. Yeah. Just shucking oysters right there on the water. Oh, cool. Found some like cool little towns with antique stores and just weird restaurants. And it was just quirky. And it was one of my favorite places I've ever been. And I think so many people think you have to like plan this big trip. Like I want to go to X, Y, Z. And it's like just travel out like 15 minutes outside of Kansas City and you can stumble across something really interesting that nobody knows about. You know, maybe not. You're just 15 minutes. Okay, well, 30. I don't know. But, you know, it's just there's stuff even just in Kansas City, like places that you wouldn't think of as a destination. Yeah. You know, like that little block in the West Bottoms. Yeah. You know, that's what I need to do. Just get out and explore. I do need to do that. Bring my camera, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. my phone. (laughs) Start taking pictures of the bottoms. Yeah. There's a cool little... There's some great photography, you know, like photo options in the West Bottoms, but there's a great little service station. It's just has a sign that says Phillips on the top that I think would be a really cool bar. I think it's actually a working service station, but I'm <laughs> obsessed with that building. I just think there's so many interesting little kind of nooks and crannies of our city. And there are some cool buildings in the city, too. Yeah. yeah, there's a spot I dream about in the crossroads. It's just a small little brick building with a cool <clears throat> wooden struck, like wooden uh panes mm-hmm. 
and door jam it's just really cool i think that'd be awesome to put a studio you know put the podcast studio in there and just put a little bar in there and tvs and couches that that would be my dream Mm -hmm. i like that just go back and forth between there and idaho yeah i yeah i'd have to pick one or the other wouldn't i (laughs) what about a podcast studio in idaho i can do that problem is i gotta get guests up there of course, by then I'll be so big I can just fly them yeah, in. Yeah, just fly them in. You can talk to the bears. Yeah, hopefully not too much talking. Mm-hmm. They're scary. Bears are scary. There's, I'm sure, letter carriers, rural. Oh yeah, carriers up there. There's tons of them. I just have to convince one of them to trade me routes. <laughs> that's how it works in yeah. my craft. I have to be like, hey, you and uh, Ketchum, Idaho. Do you want to come live in Kansas City? Let's yeah. trade. Okay. That would be cool. What if you started like a Airbnb for people to trade jobs like that for a week and somehow you could work that out somehow? I'm going to go back to the drawing board on that. Idea. Yeah, <laughs> I like I like where you're going. I like your brainstorming. I have a another mic and boom arm. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to start another podcast, <laughs> we'll start the uh, Open Neander Talk podcast and we'll have a third guest in here who's just an uninfluencer. You know, I think everybody... And it's free, too. You don't have yeah. to rent the studio out. It's Sweet. Will yeah. you do all the editing, too? Yeah. For free? Yeah. Oh. That's what oh, I do. Yeah. Sweet. My editing is nothing. <laughs> I just put it up. I'll make a little intro to video to this. Mm-hmm. Slap that on there with a little song. I need a new intro song. I've been harping on that for weeks. Yeah. I had one. I had to get rid of it. And now I'm looking for a new one. So if you know anybody interested in making podcast jingles mm-hmm. what can you like give me a little riff of what's in your brain nothing's in my brain i'm not artistic like that just <laughs> hey somebody make a song with the word neanderthal podcast in it or not yeah that's that's what i'm looking for okay i don't care put out some feelers yeah that'd be cool i'm sure we can find somebody i yeah you can. You've got the poll. <laughs> I don't. I have six reviews on my iTunes. That's pretty good. No. I feel like you're That's beating yourself good. up so hard, but. No, I'm beating my listeners up. Listen, oh. guys, get out there and make me a freaking iTunes review. Yeah. I have six. Make it as weird as possible. I'll do one right after this. Yeah. That's when you start doing, Robin. I need to start having people come in here as my guests make a review. Mm-hmm. I should do it before the podcast starts so I read it. Make yeah. sure. So we have, I think, around 75 reviews, and um, all of them are five stars, except for one is just a one star with no comment. Oh, man. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it has to be my grandma who just, like, hit Doesn't the wrong know. button or something. I don't, like, who would do that? Do people leave you bad reviews? Not yet. Uh-huh. I welcome it. Yeah. I mean, I'm all give me, open give for me, feedback. Yeah. Uh, give me one star reviews and say how bad I stink. If you leave a one-star review, I think you at least need to explain yourself. You can't just leave a one-star review with no comment. Right. And I don't want anything in between. I mm-hmm. want a one or a five. Mm-hmm. Don't give me a three. Yeah. One or a five. <laughs> there it is. It's me pimping my show some more. What do you want to get out of this? Out of what? You and me? No, the podcast. In general? Yeah. Or your life. I'm already getting out of it. Um I just, I, I'm passionate about podcasts. Mm -hmm. I've been listening to them for 
I don't know, 12, 13 years, uh, 13 years or so. I've been listening to them a long time. And I love them. Mm-hmm. I just love them. They get, I'm a mailman, right? So I love yeah. listening to mail, to, to mail. I love listening to podcasts all day. And I just wanted to do it. I just, there's a long story. I was in just in a dark place in my life. And mm-hmm. this was just something to help bring me out of that. Yeah. And it keeps me focused and keeps gives me something to do and to work on and to better myself. And to really, again, it's just passion. S- like, s- like I said, before we even started, I was like, I love my Sundays because mm-hmm. this is what I do on Sunday. I get to do a podcast every Sunday. And it's just, I love it. I love getting different people in here and just doing this. Yeah. This is what I love. Yeah. And to get out of it, I want it to be bigger. Of course, I want, I think, I think it's a good podcast. That's my biased opinion, but there are times when I'm like, kind of, I don't edit, but I I listen to a little bit just to figure out what I'm going to do with certain parts. Like where am I going to, whatever. And I'll catch myself listening to it. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I've been listening to this for 30 minutes. Holy (laughs) cow. Like this is actually, cause I don't always remember every aspect of my conversations. Yeah, of course. And if I listen to something from like a month or two months ago, I'm like, oh, wh- wait, where, where's where's he or she going with this? Oh, I want to hear where this story goes. Mm-hmm. And so it is. I think it's a good podcast. And I hope I just want it. To, I'd like it to get bigger. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it doesn't. I only I, like I've said a million times, I don't care if two people listen or two million. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to do it and I'm yeah. still going to enjoy it. And people are probably still going to come on. And it's just, it is what it is. And I just, I just hope it gets bigger. So yeah, if I hope and dream, like I said, I'd like to have a a studio in the crossroads. Mm -hmm. That's what I'd like. I don't know how realistic that is, but I'm enjoying what I'm doing now. And the studio I have now is great. I like it. So Mm -hmm. yeah. How do you like being a dad? I love it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love being the dad. I just, I love it. I really, I, I get so much enjoyment. My kids are this. They're they're fun. They're so amazing. They're smart. They're funny. They're great to be around. Like, what's not to love about two little things that just light up whenever you see them? Mm-hmm. And they just, Daddy, they just want to spend time with you and be with you and learn from you. And you learn so much from them. It's just, it's not for everybody. It's hard. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the easy, nice, fun stuff. It's yeah. really hard. Man, it's hard and frustrating. That kid just won't listen sometimes. It's yeah. like, <laughs> I get the same thoughts I'm wanting to harm him now. Like, just, ah! Whoa! <laughs> Come on, man! Like, yesterday, he ran out in the... He knows not to run in the parking lot. And we're at Target, and all of a sudden, he runs. I'm like, I just wanted to grab him and just... you got to be kidding me. This is going to hurt you. Like, if you get run over, oh, my gosh. Like, Right. But, yeah, I love it. it's so hard i mean there's no uh nobody knows what they're doing that's the thing i learned about parenting is literally no one knows what they're doing and you know we're all in it together (laughs) yeah it is yeah there's no i was gonna say there's no book but there's about a million books yeah those books crack me up though because it's like if you just follow these 12 steps your child will be sleeping through the night in the next five days no they're not nope not happening not this child no kids are yeah kids are kids (laughs) they're all different you like being a mom 
I do. I love being it's a mom. The best, right? It's the best. Um, nothing could have prepared me for it. Um, my son is, you know, almost two and a half. He's hilarious. He's super smart. He's so empathetic and caring. And that was the part that caught me the most off guard is just kind of seeing how sweet he is and how yeah. caring he is. And that just makes me so happy because I feel like he's going to be a good person yeah. you know, growing up. And but he's hilarious. He loves making people laugh and he's just a goofball. And I feel like he has the best qualities of my husband and myself right. kind of together. Nice. But yeah, he's he's a lot of work. He's as I was saying at the beginning, he's kind of going through that whining stage right now and he's just kind of pushing our buttons and he's so good at school. Like he never gets in trouble at school. But as soon as we get home, like right now, his thing is he spits in my face <laughs> and he thinks it's hilarious because I get so mad. Right. It's just like the most disrespectful thing you could do is spit it's in my face. Pretty disrespectful. Yeah. Um, and he knows it like he knows like if he wants to so get spit what next thing he's going to spit and then backhand you oh, he, <laughs> like he'll hit me he'll hit me he'll kick he'll bite sometimes like he bit me on the it's hand a tough age really for boys hard. boys do that my yeah yeah i can tell you stories and like part of me is like okay when you hit me and bite like you're frustrated you you're tr you haven't you don't have the skills to figure out how to express that frustration right. i understand mm -hmm. but the spitting like, I understand it's the same thing, but for some reason, the spitting just, I'm like, dude, do not spit on me right now. Do you realize, like, how many months I carried you in my body <laughs> and, like, took care of you? And right. that is so disrespectful. But he knows that's, like, the thing that will get me <laughs> amped up. Right. So he, that's what he does. It's like, if I'm going to get mom's attention, I need to spit in her face. Oh. And now he started licking, too, because that's just even worse. Like, don't lick my face, please. Don't look. Yeah, I'm the same way. <laughs> anybody. I don't want anybody licking my face. Just licking. Let's not. No, <laughs> no, please don't. Yeah, my son went through a phase when he was about two and a half or so where he would just just punch kids. Mm -hmm. Just go. We were at Red Robin and his family brought their kid right set right next to him. And he just got up, walked over to him and just clocked him. Wow. Like, they want to talk about embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Like. You look like the dad that just, they must think they, oh, he's doing that because he sees it at home. Dad must hit mom. <laughs> you know, that's where my brain goes. And like, now I'm going to think, people are going to think I'm some abuser because he's seeing this stuff, seeing me. He must think, I don't know. He knows. I think anyone tied. with children can look at that scenario and they don't think that. They're yeah. like, I'm so glad that that wasn't my child that just punched someone. Yeah, I'm and glad I, it was your kid, not mine. And yeah. I feel so sorry for you because yeah. you seem mortified yep. and it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. They mortify me sometimes. Great thing about kids. Daddy, that guy's bald. He doesn't have any hair and it's so shiny. Yeah, buddy. He's bald. He's rocking it, though. He looks good. Some people can go bald and look good. Right, buddy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I try to try to be I try to spin stuff as positive for everybody. I can. Unless you piss me off. <laughs> Then you're going down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got told I'm the nicest asshole they've ever met mm -hmm. by a couple people recently. And I said, that's probably accurate. Pretty nice. Till I'm not. Mm -hmm. I just try to be nice all the time. Well, I'm going to be sure to leave you a five-star review. Though. Yes. <laughs> you no, know, it takes a lot. It takes a lot for the asshole to come out in me. It takes a lot. 
Well, on that note, how about this? Uh, we'll wrap it up here. Okay. This is your time to just pimp open belly or anybody, any restaurants, whatever. This is your time to shine. Yeah. Um, I would just encourage people to listen to the podcast. Me too. I do all the time. Thank you. Um, I would also encourage people to not just listen to the podcast, but to actually go try the restaurants on the podcast and make their own exploration experience as well. Take your own journey around the city. Um, you know, just open your mind, get out there, check out the places that nobody's talking about and just be curious about your neighborhood and your neighbors. That was one thing that Jonathan Gold was, um, really passionate about was kind of democratizing food and getting people to know their neighbors. And that's been something that I've really carried with me is how can we use food as a way to get to know our neighbors and to just talk to people? And I think that's something that's kind of lacking in American culture that I see in a lot of the other cultures that I've been introduced to through this journey is that we're not very good neighbors. Especially in other. cities. Mm -hmm. When there's more of us around, we get worse at being yeah. good neighbors. We're not. Um, it's everything is so surface level. Conversations passing by. How are yeah. you? Oh, good to see you. Yeah. How are the kids? Okay, that's not a real connection. Right. So Spring's finally here. Oh, I can't deal with these potholes. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. Oh, really? <laughs> Said it a few times when I'm driving. Like, what is what? Yeah, but yeah. What is with these potholes? Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I think there's a need for people to go deeper. And I think it's so interesting that we got on the mental health topic because I think that actually ties into food too. Like, share, oh, yeah. Share a meal with somebody. Have a, con a real conversation with someone. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Ask stupid questions. Be open and embarrass yourself. I mean, I think we all need more of that, that human connection. Humility. Too. Humility. Yeah. yeah. To be able to just sit down. Some I mean, I feel like just sitting with you here this morning, like I see you and I think you see me and that connection will, I'll carry that with me throughout the day. Oh, yeah. And I think that's what we need more of. And food is a great way to do that. Like go share a meal with somebody and just open up and just be honest. And I actually um, came up in my Facebook memories the other day. I was at In-N-Out in L.A. several years ago. I've never ago. had it. I want it so bad. I've never <laughs> been to, uh, to California. I yeah. want In-N-Out and, in and, and Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. Yeah. I never went to Roscoe's. But um, yeah, In-N-Out was great i went once on a busy day and there was nowhere to sit literally not a single chair actually there was one chair and it was a two top there was a guy sitting there and so i just came up to him and i was like there's nowhere to sit would you mind if i share your table with you he said yeah of course so i sat down with him complete stranger and i kind of expected him just to kind of look at his phone or whatever but he started talking to me oh wow and by the end of our 30 minute lunch we knew so much so much about each other and we were encouraging each other to kind of pursue the passions that we were like we started talking about like what do you want to do where do you what do you do for work what do you want to do what would you rather be doing right and just kind of encouraging each other and I left and I've never forgotten that guy and I just felt like such a simple way just to share a quick meal with someone it doesn't matter what the food is but to share a meal with someone and just go a little bit deeper than those surface level conversations and there's something about that shared experience that you can take with you. And mm -hmm. I think we just need a little more of that. That's all. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Open Belly. <laughs> Please listen to it. Follow her Instagram, openbelly.com. 
openbellypodcast.com. I oh, tried really? to okay. buy openbelly.com and the guy wanted way too much money. He said he's received multiple offers for I think women wearing crop top photos. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was like open belly, huh? Yeah. Like, I can't imagine that that domain is in such high demand. Sir. And then you but, think about yeah. that and then like, oh, maybe it is. But yeah, it's openbellypodcast.com, but on social media we're at openbelly. I love it. I love your podcast. I love that you came in here and did mine. I can't believe it. Again, you're a professional. <laughs> you're going big places. I can't wait for season two. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me in here and listening to me ramble on. This was amazing. <laughs> this was amazing. Uh, that's it, everybody. Peace out. We're out of here. Eat some food. <laughs> Hit that button, homeboy. <laughs>